0: It's episode eight, episode eight of the podcast. We have a brand new logo. Woo! Woo! Yeah, hey, I'm happy. I'm so excited. We paid money for a new logo, and um, it looks good. It looks sick. It looks beast. It's the, it looks awesome. It is the beast cast. It is literally the beast cast. It's completely badass. The beast. It's completely the beast cast, and because of that. So so I I wanted to do this uh, the commissioner was like well what do oh <gasps> commissioner Gordon uh I wanted to do uh something like really sick so I had him put LA in the background cuz movies and then I have the giant spoon and then we got the three things we talk about the most films video games and then the beastcast logo on this like Hollywood strip but look at what's on the S, dude. Oh, dude, that, that shit... He, Because I told him, I said, I want a raven somewhere. I don't care where it is. And he put it, like, right on the fucking... On the S, which was, like, the most dope fucking place you could have put it.
1: That looks so amazing.
0: Now, if you're wondering what I'm rustling about, um, it is my extremely overpriced meal. Now, that's what I always said I was crying over spilled beer for. Because... Raven, you want to take a guess how much this Subway sandwich meal cost? me?
1: Uh, on, hold on. How many Subway sandwiches did you get? One. I would say around 21.
0: $19.67. That was close. $19 fucking dollars for a Subway goddamn sandwich, dude. What the fuck? What the hell is that bullshit? I know. That is fucking lame, dude. I can go to my local pizza place and pay $15 for a large pizza. Subway's.
1: Maybe you should do that.
0: Well, my pizza place is closed because I work there. So if I'm not working, then it's closed. And that's without the employee discount, too. I did get raspberry cheesecake cookies, though. Mmm. Yummy.
1: Delicious.
0: So, as you can tell by the title, me and Raven decided that we're going to be doing a list because we, we we just didn't know what to do, so we kind of decided we're going to do the list of our top 20 movies of all time. Now, this episode, if you may notice, <clears throat> is only on listening uh, places like Spotify, Apple, stuff like that, um, and it will be on YouTube soon. But to thank our listeners on Apple and on uh Google podcast and on Spotify for listening to our podcast. Uh we decided for the first uh 24 hours that this podcast is going to be up that is going to be listening only. It's going to be basically streaming only on podcasts wherever you get your podcast. And then it will go up on YouTube. So, congratulations. You are getting early access to the podcast.
1: Feel so- lucky.
0: Back, dude. Give what you're given and be grateful.
1: Damn straight. So,
0: so um, I, I I figured in my head the format would go, we would each go through our list and talk about why our list is the way it is and why we put them there. I guess, I mean, I mean you don't have to go that in depth if you don't want to, but just, you know, it's your top 20 movies, so you should have a reason why they're on there. So, yeah. since I got some bomb-ass food I need to eat, I think you should go first.
1: Oh, you want me to go first? Oh, okay.
0: Yep. I got a Subway sandwich to eat.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I guess I'll start out first. These are my top 20 movies of all time. Okay. Everybody's list is going to be different. I know that there's probably going to be some honorable mentions that, every, that, that um, you know, people are going to wonder why aren't on it. There are tons of movies. I've watched so many movies in my life. Uh, because that's all I ever did was go to a movie streaming website, legal or illegal, and <laughs> watch movies by the dozens. So there are obviously tons of movies that haven't made this list. This is basically a list that is just mine. And and they do have reasons for being on there. And, and I don't know. I guess it's just my list, my beautiful list. There are going to be moments where I cheat um, and put a trilogy on here. Uh, so, that won't take up three slots, because we'll explain that when I get to it.
0: And I explain so, that, um, how, th- the reason why I explained that that works is because the trilogy is one story, basically, like, it's following one story yeah. together. so I guess we just considered it one movie, so all the people who get upset because of that, fuck you, piss off.
1: Exactly, fuck off, this is my list, I don't care, judge me. All right, so the first movie on the list, and I'm going to start from 20 and go all the way up to number one, okay? Yep, now, these can be—some numbers can be interchanged with each other, okay? But, like, the top five movies will will never change, okay? Those ones are listed as they are supposed to be ranked. Everything uh, Everything under five, going from six to 20, you can move them around to whatever positions you want all right so for me number 20 the internship yes probably should have looked up actors names for this so the internship is a movie with vince vaughn and owen wilson it's a comedy from 2013 it's about two old dudes basically that decide that they want to apply to be part of google (laughs) and they don't know crap about technology i liked this movie simply because when you watch the movie at least for me it wouldn't it's not to me a normal vince vaughn or owen wilson movie i'm sure the whole thing is sponsored by google uh which makes it even more hilarious but to me it's the um this movie actually helped me get through um a Part of my life where I didn't think I knew what I was doing and it was just like the moral of this movie Where it was just like two old dudes telling a group of young dudes who are clearly smarter than them like yo, you know Life isn't all that. Uh, it's made out to be you know, it's not everything you see on your phone Maybe you should you know put it down and get out there more that kind of helped me and the movie overall is very enjoyable
0: yeah, I don't. I've heard of the movie. I don't think I've ever watched
1: it though. It is to me one of the most, like it to me. It's one of my most memorable movies, and that says a lot because I've watched a lot of great movies. That one's just it just stuck out for some. It just stuck out the most. Okay. Now stealing the nineteen and eighteen spot because sadly these are. Um, um, it involves a movie and its sequel but it can't take up the same slot because they are two separate movies not one whole story. Um for number 19 is Happy Death Day. Ooh. Mm. I absolutely love this movie. In fact, when I watched the trailer and when I watched and when I read a summary of the movie that didn't spoil anything, just a normal summary, mm-hmm. I actually thought this was going to be the worst horror movie I watched. I was going to be like, "Oh, here we go." we are going to have some weird, teenaged, modern, groundhog day horror movie that's absolutely going to butcher a concept. And I ended up, Happy Death Day ended up being one of the rare movies I give a 10 out of 10 to. Dude, because
0: I forgot that movie existed, but I watched that when I was younger. Oh, dude, that movie is so good. I've never seen the sequel.
1: Yeah, well, you should. Because that's the next one. Happy Death Day to you. Now that one, when I heard that they made a sequel to the first one, I absolutely like wreathed in anger. Okay. like I was all like, no, how could you make a sequel? You're going to butcher the fucking thing. It's going to be terrible. And it ended up actually being amazing. I didn't think that you could redo the gimmick from the first film, but yet somehow expand upon it in such an amazing way. Like I had no idea they were able to like that you could possibly do that. And it showed that number one and number two were made with a cohesive story in mind before they even shot the films. So for me, these are like the two most memorable movies that I can possibly think of. And honestly, they get a spot on my list. They both take up two spots on my list because I've never seen such creativity from modern movies and just how they had an idea, they had a concept, and it didn't matter how wacky it was, they just went with it. And uh, and that's why. So, Happy Death Day. The first movie was... Um, let me... Happy Death Day was... The first movie came out in 2017. Uh, and it stars uh, Jessica Roth and... Israel. I'm not pronouncing names. Sorry. Screw that. You just need to know the main actress, Jessica Roth. Very great. Actually, very well acted. Impressive. And you should watch the sequel, which came out uh, two years afterwards. So that's 19 and 18.
0: Yeah, those movies now are, seven. Uh, well, the first movie was really good. I haven't seen the second movie, but I bet. So, if give me a rundown of the second movie then, while we're at it. I guess spoilers, the second so
1: movie the second movie actually expands on the first movie that where um it turns out that uh you find out how the time loop happened to her
0: Mm. okay and how uh is it a uh, like a prequel kind of
1: no, no, no. No, it's like it's like a half prequel, half sequel. Oh, okay. Like like it's like a first part of it is a is a is a prequel and then the second part of it is a sequel because you find out that what caused it was a science experiment somebody was doing on the college campus.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It sounds really dumb, but trust me, it gets even crazier when you actually watch it because then it makes you want to go back and rewatch the first film to figure out what the hell you missed.
0: Okay, so what's your number 17 then?
1: Number 17 is one of probably the most controversial movies that uh, I hear apparently is controversial. It is Tom Cruise's The Last Samurai.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> okay. Uh, why?
1: <laughs> I because hear, I, I actually enjoy this movie.
0: Tom Cruise is one of those actors that... Everybody, like, clowns on him because he's short. But he actually can act.
1: Yeah, he can actually act. People hated this movie, or at least the the politically correct people hated this movie because it felt like a white man who is a white savior is going into a Japanese culture and culturally appropriating everything and becoming the hero over everybody there. And they didn't like that. For me, though, I actually found it to be the opposite i found it to be where it's a guy during a time where as we know with war when you have war you are supposed to be as extremely prejudiced against the enemy as possible and america during this time was colonizing japan and trying to change its culture i like the film simply because it shows that you shouldn't give up tradition simply because there's a new modern way of doing things and Tom Cruise's character was simply taken to a Japanese village because he survived a battle. And he learned their ways and saw what the very people he sided with were actually trying to destroy, which was a very nice lifestyle.
0: Yeah. culture Cultural appropriation is never okay unless you're doing it.
1: Well, I don't believe in culture appropriation.
0: No, but no, that's basically how people think, because everybody... Yeah, do you know how many people yeah. I've heard like, "Oh, we should just go into North Korea and just fucking we will just turn them. We should just use it by force and turn them to de- into a democracy." It's like, well, I mean, they probably don't like that they're a totalitarian government, but at the same time, you can't just go in and destroy somebody else's culture, especially when you're all about let's not destroy people's cultures and hurt them for who they are. It's like, come on, I know.
1: Same people who talk about cultural appropriation. And how white people are bad, still run around wearing hoodies and (laughs) t-shirts. And using computers and TV. So I don't think they have room to talk. (laughs) But the last Samurai, I did like it because one, it does show some accurate portrayals on how they make Samurai swords. Clearly it is a lengthy process, so obviously it's not done in the span of a movie. But it does show a lot of good things and it can show how... You can actually become part of somebody else's culture once you've learned to respect it. And the entire idea of standing up against modern times that try to take away something beautiful that was there, I just like it. And and even without all of that uh, messaging, it's just, to me, a great film that I can sit down and watch at any time.
0: Okay, yeah i
1: think and i don't care people can fight me on it
0: i think that's reasonable i think i think that's very reasonable because you know it's not high in your list either like it's it's still it's still a good movie but like you know you don't put in your top 10 or whatever so
1: no no so what's number 16 then number 16 everybody's gonna laugh the 2007 first transformers movie Okay. As a kid growing up. I absolutely love Transformers. Transformers were everything to me. I bought every single Optimus Prime. I had every single Bumblebee. I watched every single animated show. I watched pretty much everything that they had. I have the the old, old, very first Transformers DVD, the animated movie. Like, I love everything about, I grew up loving everything about Transformers. And when I heard that there was a live action one, I wasn't like others who cared about if it was staying um, faithful, so to speak, to the Lord. I just wanted to see a car transform into a robot on screen. And I actually got that. I went to the premiere uh, in 2007. Really? 2000- yeah, I went to the premiere in 2007, because at the time I was 14. Um, and... I went to the premiere of it, and I actually enjoyed every single moment of it. I know Shia LaBeouf has his issues. <laughs> uh, I promise you there is, within out, without a doubt, I know that Shia LaBeouf has his issues. And I know, of course, because it's a Michael Bay movie, there's the overly glancing of Megan Fox before all over plastic surgery. I, I, But I feel like if you take out those awkward moments... That the movie actually does, especially the second half with the battling, does a great job at bringing forth Transformers. I actually liked it. I still enjoy it. Uh, The ones that came after it are very debatable. Um, (laughs) But the first one, I think, nailed Transformers the most. And I I absolutely love it. All
0: right, Pop. uh, Pop Koi's question for you without looking it up. What came first, Transformers or Gundam? gundam you think so yes you're correct gundam came out two years before transformers like the toys the toy line anyways i should say yeah both of them i think well i don't know too much on Gundam, other than i know that uh gundams are just like japanese transformers kind of right sort of
1: not completely
0: they're, they're, like, they, different. They have pilots. Yeah, th- yeah. they're, like... They're, they're they're just, like, big robots that are piloted by humans, yeah. It's like
1: Pacific Rim, only Dude, oh, without the oh, physics. I
0: forgot that movie existed! No! No, I didn't...
1: No. Okay. No, that kind uh, of sucks to be here.
0: What's number 15?
1: Number 15! Here comes another surprise. The first Iron Man movie.
0: Ooh! No, I can get behind this. I can get behind this.
1: The first Iron Man movie had not only the best visuals the best effects the best realism and the best action but it was before marvel decided to go i mean they were obviously using it to do the whole marvel cinematic universe but this is before the marvel cinematic universe really went mainstream everybody yeah. was like uh john wick you know i'm not john wick iron man <laughs> sorry i'm my brains i'm looking at my list sorry so i probably spoiled one that's on there but um they were you know everybody was all like "Ooh, iron man how could you possibly pull that off and then of course everybody didn't like robert downing jr because he's had troubles with drugs and alcohol in the past and well, it, it... the
0: first movie he came off of right at right before that movie was him doing blackface so he already wasn't into it. he was already in some hot water funny enough that movie's actually great tropical what is it tropical thunder or whatever
1: yeah tropical thunder
0: that movie's fire never go full retard <laughs> But yeah,
1: but yeah. Uh, uh, for me, the first Iron Man movie was was great.
0: And see, the best part for me is is it's funny because Iron Man came out. What what would have been? It, it would have been fourteen years ago now. Fourteen years ago, Iron Man came out, and I am not even kidding. That has got to be some of the best VFX in Marvel still to this day. Like yeah, there the the suit, the lighting, everything, the way it reflects off him, because the VFX artists who were working on it, and Marvel Studios, really cared about the movie they were making. They didn't just take 50 studios and go, all right, just start doing one scene per studio, whatever, you know, and finish it. No, they, there was genuine care and, like, stuff going into making sure this movie was going to be the best it could be, which is why they reaped the rewards off of that. And then that. And then kind of after, like, the next four years, by the time you get to, like, Iron Man 3, that's when they start to go their little goofy route, um, <clears throat> turning mm-hmm. everything into a comedy. Just, you can watch, I mean, there is some jokes in Avengers 2012, and they do land, those jokes at least land, but from, if you just watch the Avengers movies in order from Avengers to um, uh, Endgame, you can see the evolution of Marvel. Avengers has this very serious kind of, you know, little goofy but serious tone, and you can see this clash yeah. happening, and then you, you all of a sudden get to Endgame, where there is a very, there's a lot of serious moments, but everything turns into jokes and goofy, kind of, you know, like, it it's weird it's i don't don't really know how to explain it but yeah iron man one yeah i i can get behind that that was an amazing movie
1: Ah, yeah it's still one of my favorites i actually have the original dvd on my shelf
0: Ooh, damn that's fire okay what's 14
1: all right 14 is jeepers creepers
0: Ooh, okay
1: growing up here this is the most hilarious thing in the world I got introduced to this movie by my very, very older cousin and he played it during a time when I was sleeping over at his place with my brother and he had just rented it from Blockbuster. And (laughs) I was thinking, I I don't remember. I think I'm around seven or eight in this. And I was so scared after this for the, after Jeepers Creepers and we're talking about the first one and To this day, I actually got over my fear of Jeepers Creepers and it became one of my all time favorites because I feel like out of everything we've gotten on the screen that Jeepers Creepers has to be one of the most original monsters created for cinema. And that I'm sad that because of the director and some of the things that he did that people will not give the person a huge budget to fully bring about his vision.
0: <clears throat> Sad. But,
1: but it will remain one of my favorite absolute favorites.
0: Yeah, the, the fucking Jeepers creepers. Oh man. You rented that on Blackbuster? Oh my lordy lordy My cousin dude. did, yeah. Oh. Damn. I, I it spaces me out. The last Blackbuster um we had we had a we never had a Blackbuster in where I live here in this small town. We had something called Montevideo Movie Market. And <clears throat> funny enough, it's the most worst name you can put in there. But it's this building that's right like a block from where I live now. And they I only have one memory going there and we went there, uh we rented um Here Comes the Boom in two thousand and eleven with Kevin James. And or maybe it was two thousand twelve. Two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. You know that "Here Comes the Boom" movie where he beca- is becomes a boxer. No. Oh, it's so it's a bad movie. It's Kevin James becoming a boxer, and um, you can imagine how that happens. And that yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work out very well. It's it's a horrible movie. But I remember we rented it, and then like a year later, it closed down. My parents were never big movie goers, so I can't, all the movies I had to watch, I had to watch with my aunt. That's why for the first like. Eight years of my life, um, before I went to the, like, cinema and movie theaters, I only watched movies before 2001, like, because my, gra- my aunt and grandma would just watch these old movie channels. I actually, funny enough, watched the original Hulks from the 80s, back before they turned him into a big guy, and they just painted a dude green. Those movies were bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, those, uh... <laughs> But they did the best they could with the technology.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, definitely, it's, it's, yeah. So what's number thirteen for you, buddy? Then
1: number thirteen, before it got butchered to death, but also kickstarted Liam Neeson's career. Taken.
0: Oh, I will find you,
1: and I will kill you. Yeah. I I watched that in theaters Um, I honestly have to say that it it was one of it's one of the movies I have the extended director's cut on my um, shelf it's one of the movies that I absolutely loved because there wasn't really anything like it at that time and then of course they had to make sequels to take in and butcher the whole damn thing but you know before it got butchered that's why it sucks bringing it up, because I'm always like, dude, I love Taken. Oh, you mean the TV show? No, <laughs> not that crap. Oh, you mean like, oh, you mean those really bad movies? Like, okay, yeah, two and three were actually terrible. But the first one, okay, the first one is bomb. The first one is great. And I don't feel like it gets enough credit. And if it does get credit, I don't think it gets, it's it, it needs more.
0: Have you seen this <clears throat> while we're on the topic of taken? This reminded me of this scene from Ted Two. Have you ever seen this? Did you ever watch Ted Two?
1: Oh yeah, I did.
0: Do you remember this scene?
1: Uh no, not really.
0: Okay, we're gonna play. I'll play I'll make sure the audio's good for the listeners. So you just need to listen to the audio. So so if it, here's the context. Um Ted is uh played by the guy who fuck, what's his name? Uh Seth McFarlane, and he has to get a job in the second movie and he becomes a grocery like a cashier so that's your that's your uh backstory summary so now this is the audio there we go thanks a lot come again hey hello i'd uh, like to ask a few questions about this breakfast cereal uh yeah yeah box of tricks
1: <laughs> that's right I've been led to understand that tricks are exclusively for children.
0: Is that correct? Well, I I mean, they say uh, tricks are for kids in the commercials. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And is that enforced by law? (laughs) Uh, not to my knowledge, no. So if I purchase these tricks, there'll be no trouble? No, no, you you should be fine. You do understand that I myself am not a child? I, I was able to sniff that out, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna bring these back to my apartment. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll you'll be okay. And, uh, I won't be followed. Uh, no, that's, that's not in our budget here. No. Hey, I won't forget what you've done for me here today. I would prefer that you do.
1: Having I mean, Liam Neeson be all serious to no, buy a box no, of tricks.
0: No, 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 no. What's what's funny? What's the best part about 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 that is they actually got him to get on there and do that. Like, out of all the people, he, you know, he had so much fun doing that too. That, that
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That's that's fucking great. Oh, sorry. But no, that that's all. That's all I wanted to show. So. I made sure to I just made sure to keep the audio and we didn't have to watch the scene cuz the scene would probably get us copyrighted cuz I'm pretty sure that movie's copyrighted. I don't know if the audio yeah. is. I doubt the audio is. Most the audio is
1: probably not.
0: Most times the audio is kind of hard to trake or trake, trace. All right. So yeah, Taken Taken's a really good movie. Now every single time now now you know what I go through every single time somebody mentions Taken and Liam Neeson I immediately think of that scene. (laughs) Okay.
1: All right. now, the next movie on the list, number 12, is John Wick.
0: Oh, yeah, baby. I love this movie.
1: With Keanu Reeves, came out in 2017. I... I think it was 2017. Uh, I absolutely loved this movie. Um because it brought about the actually it's 2014 damn uh i actually liked john wick because it actually changed cinema um it it did yeah the gunplay the action how the sound and how they actually unlike previous movies uh actually try to be more accurate in how you're supposed to handle guns and use them in a more trained fashion actually changed a lot of uh, future uh, movie making uh, because everybody is now trying to copy John Wick. I mean, there was even a a female John Wick movie that came out like called Toxic Blonde. <laughs> and, you know, obviously it wasn't as good as John Wick, but... I honestly, John Wick really put a a stamp in my soul for like, hey, yo, what's a great movie? Like, it can be amongst everything else on this list. One of the things that I spit out, like, oh, you want a good movie? John Wick. Have you seen John
0: Wick? (laughs) Yeah. I I don't want to give spoilers to my list, but there may or may not be John Wick on my list as well. And so I don't want to go too much into it, but... The, the, the way, the only thing I love, and I'll bring this up again when, um, <clears throat> maybe perhaps it comes on my list, who knows, um, the fact that there has been three chapters and chapter four is coming out in, in five months from now, and we are only, it's in the span of a week. The, all three movies take place in the span of basically a week. So John Wick, he, he starts out, you know, like fully healthy, he's still fucking uh-huh. rude, And then by the end of chapter three, he's fucking hurt. He's beat up like really badly, but he's still trucking along. And you can tell like they they didn't just like, you know, revamp him where he's all perfect and fine. You can just tell by his fighting style that he slowly over the duration of the three movies gets like he gets more and more hurt. And you can just see it in the way he fights where he becomes slower and more like chaotic with his fighting and gunplay. And I love Mm
1: that. Yeah although i do feel like maybe they need to stop after a while as much as i love john wick
0: they said chapter I, I felt four is like, going to be the last one
1: yeah hopefully that it is because by number three mm-hmm. i was kind of sitting there going oh okay can we stop now like i feel like you guys are ruining what made even, john wick great
0: even if john wick four sucks like it comes out and it sucks right which i don't think it will but even if it comes out and sucks i will consider it a perfect trilogy either way i will yes. i will consider the first three movies a perfect trilogy a quadrilogy yeah uh, <clears throat> um I, w- I mean if the fourth movie sucks i'm not going to consider it
1: but okay yeah <laughs> now there's i don't think there's anything more that needs to be said about keanu reeves he's the best so mm-hmm. i guess i'll just move on to the next movie on 47 the 47 running <laughs> ah close <laughs> it's the edge of tomorrow oh Another Tom Cruise movie, I'm sorry, I promise there's no bias here. It just that just the edge of tomorrow is one of those movies that also um does a groundhog day type of thing you know reliving the same day over and over again, but I feel like they nailed this movie. I mean they had to have they literally copied and butchered a manga to get it right so. <laughs> Uh, they had everything great to work off of, and they, they nailed it. I mean, I I watched it, and it's still one of those movies to where I can rewatch it over and over again, but not because of the action, but because it feels like you are going through a journey, so to speak. And, and I absolutely—I don't know. I just like the movie.
0: <laughs> That's fair. That's kind of like every Tom Cruise movie, I feel like. I feel like every movie is just like, I don't know what it is, but it's just good.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, we could make arguments for Oblivion. That Mm -hmm. one, that movie was kind of a...
0: (sighs) Just wait until the official Elder Scrolls movie comes out.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, what's he going to play, a dwarf?
0: No, dude. (laughs) He's going to play a tree elf.
1: Oh my bad. We shouldn't insult Tom Cruise too much. I forget he likes to sue everybody over everything.
0: Dude, he's gonna, dude. He, you think he's a listener? You think he's listening right now? Like all oh, these fucking guys, I, these I fucking mean, bitches.
1: I mean, if we if we somehow get semi popular, yeah.
0: <clears throat> Tom Cruise, if you want to come on the podcast, uh, by all means, reach out to us. You got my email.
1: And you don't need a webcam, so you don't have to worry about making yourself look tall. <laughs>
0: Oh, man he's definitely not gonna come on now he's probably like get my manager what's going on here I'm
1: now after the edge of tomorrow you're gonna spot a theme here hopefully you don't after the edge of tomorrow is we're in the top 10 now top 10 number 10 on the list the matrix
0: Ooh, i love okay i can get beyond this movie too i love this movie
1: yeah not the whole trilogy just the first one
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: The... <laughs> I mean, the trilogy is a full story, but for me, I just like to stick to the first one. The Matrix was pretty much one of the biggest, um, reality changing movies uh, for my life.
0: It it yeah, I I loved the first Matrix movie. We don't we don't ever talk idea. about twenty twenty one though. Don't don't bring up that one.
1: Oh, you mean the Resurrections <laughs> one, dude? That was an amazing movie.
0: No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't go there,
1: please. I, 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 I know that hint the sarcasm in my voice.
0: I know, I didn't. I,
1: However, I, was, I do want to be honest. I feel like the first half of the movie, or at least the first thirty minutes of the movie, was actually really... was great. It was and because it was it like it the fell apart.
0: it was such an actual like literal Matrix moment. Like they were calling out Warner Brothers, like. Well, what made the first Warner Brothers wants us to make this, and it's like, oh my god, dude, this fourth wall, motherfuckers. And I love the Keanu. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, we're going off on the wrong movie, but I love Keanu in in that movie for the first like hour, and then he just, I'm gonna fly around, and I'm God again, oh, me <sighs> me 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 me, fucking sleeping on that movie.
1: Yeah. Anyways, but the first Matrix one was awesome. Yeah. It really, it really made you think about certain things, and 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 I really like it. I feel like it should be a watch for everybody. Um, You don't have to watch the two that come after it unless you really want to. But if you do, just a warning, the second movie has a gigantic orgy scene. So you probably want to stay of that one.
0: Is that on Netflix? (laughs) 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 You just hear the... The fucking Netflix him and thing.
1: Trinity getting down and in a big orgy. Yeah. So, um but the first Matrix movie to me was probably one that I think everybody should watch and everybody should at least get into and enjoy.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so, what's number nine then?
1: Number nine is Independence Day. Ooh. I love this movie. I can watch this movie a hundred times. I can put it I put it in almost every freaking July.
0: Hold on. We're Be- making sure this is the OG. This isn't the 2016 or 2017 remake, is it?
1: No, OG. Okay. OG. Okay. Extended okay, cut.
0: Okay, good. I was about to say, don't say don't say the new one.
1: Yeah. I mean I did like the new one.
0: Yeah, but the old one's better.
1: The old one's way better. Yes and honestly it was the bet i love it will smith can't go wrong back in his prime um i, I this movie i watch it i unironically watch it every fourth of july every fourth of july you can always count that i'm spending two and a half hours of my day watching independence day
0: <laughs> yeah it's a it's a I there's it's not an I doubt it's on either of our lists but um there's this movie I saw I actually liked it but I didn't put it on my list it kind of gave me Independence Day vibes it's called Arrival you ever heard of that movie
1: yes I have I've watched I, it
0: I've watched it twice the first time I watched it I didn't understand and then I watched a video to understand it and then I rewatched it and I didn't put it on my list but it gave me kind of like that uh, alien like well it Do is you
1: Understand it
0: well, no, because I was like, I was like, dude, I was like 13, I didn't get it. <laughs> I was literally so fucking young, I didn't get that shit. I was a literal child, I was, I was a literal, I literally, my balls just hadn't even dropped yet. So, I don't even, I don't even want to hear fair. it. Fair,
1: <laughs> yeah, fair, okay.
0: So, what's number eight then?
1: number eight (laughs) all these serious movies and then we're gonna have number eight um don't judge me okay um e.t
0: okay no 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 i can get beyond that
1: e.t was probably as a kid growing up both horrified me and intrigued me at the same time i will i mean i have the original vhs when it was one of the first perspectives on
0: aliens in cinema that that wasn't like aliens are bad they're gonna come eat our brains out it was no it was it was one of the first like you 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 felt bad for the alien i think it's the first movie that took an alien and turned it into a sympathetic character i believe don't quote me on that there was probably some in the 70s or 60s some fucking that is stupid weird movies but no it was a first movie really big blockbuster alien movie that that didn't treat aliens like they were some type of oh we're gonna come and eat your brains out kill everybody i mean no it wasn't like that he was just like i have the
1: i have the original vhs before they butchered it with the digital shit that they <laughs> did later and um
0: yeah, what was the deal I, with that? Did they like CGI him or something? What did they do? Again? Yes.
1: yeah. One of the most memorable moments is the cornfield when Elliot encounters him and he screams and runs yeah. away. That went from a mechanical ET to a crappy done CGI ET to the point of where like it won't. I think it was done to stop scaring kids because when I was a kid and I saw that that animatronic they had was so real. Because they did have some small effects to the animatronic, which is what made it even look more realistic, and um, it scared the crap out of me to the point of where I, I we actually lived next to a huge cornfield. Uh, our townhomes did to the point of where I wouldn't I would be afraid to take up my garbage uh, to the dumpster that was next to it because of this.
0: <laughs> Dude, and then not to f- forgotten or gone, but not forgotten, the E.T. game that got buried in the uh. desert. <laughs>
1: the most mind-blowing atari game the the most
0: game of all time
1: yes the most game of all time (laughs) it single-handedly crashed the entire gaming market
0: (laughs) i love i love how one game destroyed the entire gaming market it phoned
1: home all right
0: (laughs) that that would be basically like That'd be like if Fortnite killed the entire gaming industry now because they put, like, pornography in it or some shit. Some weird, random shit that just everybody was so against. Everybody just hated E.T. because it was like, oh, we're so tired of this shovelware bullshit. Get this fucking shit off the shelves. Then Nintendo had yeah. to come and save the day. Back when Nintendo was a good company. Sad.
1: Yeah, sad. Very Number sad. Number seven. Number seven. <clears throat> the Forbidden Kingdom. Okay. Have you seen it?
0: I have not. Heard about it. I have not seen it, though.
1: <laughs> the Forbidden Kingdom. It is a 2008 movie that stars Jackie Chan, Jet Li, and um, Michael Eng- 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 Engar- I have Screw names. Okay. Um, it's basically about a dude. It-, it connects to the Monkey King. I don't know if you know that. No. Okay, I guess since you don't know, I don't have to explain it to anybody. Uh, So basically, it's about a legend of a monkey king who um, makes his way to the top of a mountain where all of these Chinese gods are. And while they're having a dinner, a fight ensues between a monkey king and this jealous uh, jade emperor. Uh, for an elixir that can make you immortal. And the Monkey King staff um, is somehow casted out into God knows where awaiting for somebody to return it. And then we get this white dude, this white kid who loves Kung Fu movies, um, who visits this old man every day, uh, ends up getting bullied by three dudes who try to rob the old man. And Somehow, the kid gets this Monkey King staff and it sends him from our world into the reality of the Monkey King. And he has to basically return the staff to the Monkey King while learning Kung Fu with Jackie Chan and Jet Li.
0: That's okay.
1: (laughs) I butchered the whole thing. I actually have it up here. How about I just read the summary (laughs) from IMDb? Okay. Uh, uh, Let me do that. Everybody, forget what I just told you, okay? This is this is is a discovery made by a Kung Fu obsessed American teen sends him into an adventure in China where he ends up with a band of martial arts warriors in order to free the imprisoned Monkey King.
0: It's the Hobbit.
1: Basically. (laughs) But I actually like this movie a ton. There's something about Jackie Chan and Jet Lee being in the same movie, doing a bunch of martial arts against each other. Rush Hour.
0: Oh, I forgot that movie, too. I love it. Yeah. yeah.
1: See, like I said, there's a lot of honorable mentions. It can never be in 20 movies. Obviously, I considered Rush Hour for my list and decided it was a no go. But that doesn't mean they're bad. No. <laughs> it would probably it would probably be in the next ten movies on the list after twenty. But like you know, but anyways, the Forbidden Kingdom is just one of those where uh, it it's it's in my heart and it will stay there forever.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's also it's also where the um, it's also where um I saw the chick that I wanted to play Mulan in that is in that movie. Um, When I first saw her, I, uh, I should probably bring up her name. Uh, She, she looked amazing in the movie and I kind of saw her and I was all like, dude, that woman needs to play Mulan. She's perfect. And then funny enough, she actually played in the new Mulan movie. She's the, um, Li Yu, whatever the hell her name is, I can't, I can't pronounce. Sorry, yeah. I don't I was mean gonna any say, disrespect. The girl,
0: the girl who um plays Mulan, looks the part. I I haven't watched the movie, but I know she. The movie's the terrible. Part. I I figured the movie was dog, but I she at least looked like Mulan a little bit. So
1: she did, and I wanted her to play. I, honestly, I've wanted her to play Mulan for such a long time. That's why I'm pissed off that the movie sucks because not only. <laughs> Not only does it suck, okay, but the the whole cast of the movie, the people to play Mulan's parents, grandmother, mother, are all people that I've been wanting to play the Mulan parts. Like everybody in the cast is exactly who I wanted to be casted for Mulan movies. (laughs) And they finally do it. And I was so happy. And then the movie bombed. And I was like, you crushed the only form of hope.
0: The biggest, like piss in the face that Disney did too was when that movie came out during COVID they, they were charging people like $20 to purchase the movie on Disney Plus. Sh- dude, and it was dog shit. And it <laughs> like,
1: was dog shit. Like,
0: you couldn't, you couldn't have had a biggest FU moment. Like, Disney is so... Oh my god, dude, we should do a top 20 worst movies. <laughs> I have hey, a few... Uh, next? Uh, yeah, dude, I have... I could I could think of a lot of Disney movies on that list, especially Nuance.
1: <clears throat> All right. Well, next movie. Now we're getting into the top six. Okay. Uh I, this movie probably should be in the top five, but it it's not because reasons. Um Number Six, Joker from 2019.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: This movie I i i i i how do i put this joker from 2019 sparked a lot of uh conversation and debate between even people who i associated myself with and like just just overall friends and people who i talked to um because of how oh you know, look at them trying to 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 make Joker, you know, sympathetic or, or try to make you, you know, excuse his behavior. And I'm all like, no, no, that's not the point of the movie at all. And if that's the point, you, if that's the point that you got from the movie, then you're wrong. For me, there is a difference between understanding somebody's behavior and and, of course, accepting their behavior i can understand why the joker would bring a gun to a live tv show and shoot its host that doesn't mean i condone that behavior it's completely different but if you put all of this what
0: I, i remember when i went into the movie theater to watch joker um so our movie theater worked differently so we have a local movie theater we don't have like an amc or anything like any high brand one so, they kind of can make their own rules, other than, you know, you have to follow, like, okay, parents have to either sign off or give consent for kids to go to under 18 movies, or over 18 movies, like R. So, we had something called R cards. Basically, you could go to any R-rated movie as long as your parents signed the the card. So, I was still, I would have been, what, uh, 16, 15, 15. I would have been 15, uh almost 16, and this movie came out, <clears throat> and I remember when we got in there the the owner of the movie theater my friend's dad came up to the front like in front of the movie screen and said all right guys just let you know there's a lot of violent and really crazy stuff that goes on in this movie and we do not condone our or we do not i can't remember what he said but he basically said that they do not associate themselves like with the problems that arise in this movie and i was like That's a very weird warning because I've heard it's bad, but I haven't heard it's that fucking bad. Like I didn't realize it was that bad. (laughs) Like holy shit! But yeah, I remember. I remember there was so much controversy about that movie when it came out about how it was gonna turn people into fucking psychopaths and shit. No. Yeah, and (laughs) the one thing
1: I have to say, this is the most this is the most hot hottest take I'm gonna give about this movie. Okay. And it, uh, yeah. So, um. Here's what I'm going to say. If you didn't like this movie, you're an NPC <laughs> for a facts, simple reason. Dude, facts, dude. This movie is a great way to tell, okay, because you have all these people lately who think emotional intelligence is a thing, okay? And if these people think emotional intelligence is real, but yet you go into the Joker and you come out— Feeling absolutely nothing, it means you are an NPC that has a problem empathizing with somebody else's life in their shoes. The reason why Joker earns such a high spot on my list, it has nothing cool. to do funny enough with any societal factors or or morals to the story. what What makes Joker put on my list, with all that aside, is one the storytelling was amazing the little details on the screen the small things in the the like how he changes how he walks throughout the film from being this slumped down dude to a more confident man like these are subtle details that you can tell um make a good film the other one is the music in this movie is beyond amazing from the very start You get that feeling after he's beat up in the alleyway. When that first symphony comes out, you already can tell this is going to be a very depressing movie. And I like that because it sets the entire tone for the film and it gets you immediately hooked into figuring out like the, something about the the music just draws you in and I find it to be amazing on top of that. Did you know, not many people learn this fact, that the dude who directed Joker did the Hangover movies?
0: Really? I yes. I not know
1: that. And the thing is, is if you watch the Hangover movies, you wouldn't expect this type of work from the guy. But he went to Martin Scorsese for help on this movie. A small bit. He was all like, I need to be able to do this. And Martin Scorsese does a great job at making movies that can change or... or stick with you for a while and so he gave the dude some advice and the dude took it and he made to me one of the best movies that will stick with me for the rest of my life and I will probably have on my shelf to show all my kids
0: dude it is a fire movie. I want I want to get a dvd copy of that movie I got I did the I did the blu-ray like special edition of the batman I want to get a special edition of the Joker, but I can't really find a, a, a sealed copy anywhere of it, which is kind of sad. I bet I bet yeah. somebody probably has a sealed copy of it still somewhere, but <clears throat> that's one of those movies that I absolutely would love to have a sealed copy of. Very few movies I do, but that's one of them.
1: No. And it, is, it it's, should be on everybody's shelf.
0: Yeah. Okay, now we're into the... Top five for Mr. Ravenbones.
1: Top five. <laughs> it's funny because I had such a serious reason for number six with Joker. Now let's go to number five: <clears throat> Star Wars Episode Three.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Revenge of the Sith. Revenge
0: I love
1: Sith. seeing a good guy turn evil.
0: Yes. Um,. I I agree with that. I
1: I don't give a crap what anybody has to say about the acting or the script or whatever the hell. The prequel trilogy is beyond a treasure and so is the four episodes 4 through 6. It, I love them all, but episode 3 is the best.
0: If you're laughing about putting this in your top 5, just wait until you get to my fucking list. <laughs> like ah, I can't wait. <laughs>
1: I can't wait.
0: I fucking... I love this movie. This was... This is my Star Wars movie. This is my fucking Star Wars movie. I don't think... When I think of Star Wars, like, the first thing, like, quick, think of something from Star Wars. I immediately think of any, as the the uh, the final fight. So, so the final fight's set up in the two. It's set up Anakin versus Obi-Wan, which is, like, the lightsaber fight. And then you have the fight between Palpatine and Yoda, like, the final, like... The old era is... Like, you, you can tell this is old era versus new era... Jedi's fighting each other. And... I mean, Palpatine isn't even technically that old... But he still is a very old s- school style Sith. Because... um If you... And, and this is part of Legends 2 in canon. Uh, in Legends, the Sith, in canon 2... People like Plagueis... They, they, they didn't want to take over the entire government. They wanted to just have a lot of power. They wanted the Sith to just be powerful... And control things, you know, kind of from the background. Not necessarily like a full-blown iron fist. Palpatine was an old-school Sith. He wanted the Jedi gone, and he wanted to be the only ruler in the entire galaxy. With somebody at his side. And he does achieve that in that movie. One of the biggest things for me, for that movie, is you don't very often get to see the good guys lose. Really. I mean, they technically lose. And... And you get to see this transformation of Anakin over over the course of, you know, only two hours, but it's phenomenal. You, you see from the, from the very beginning when you start with Count Dooku all the way to, to the end, you can see this character transformation that, that you don't even see in the first two movies through Anakin at all. You don't even need to watch the first two movies to see the downfall of Anakin, really. You just need to watch the third mm-hmm. movie. Which is why I love it. I love that movie to death. <clears throat>
1: yeah and it's great
0: yeah number four
1: number four pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl
0: okay damn pirates of the caribbean okay
1: pirates of the caribbean was originally meant to be a disney theme park ride but somebody looked at it and was all like let's make it a movie and funny enough unlike it's you know, sequels, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie was the um, movie that used practical effects. So aside from some CGI here and there for obviously walking skeletons and certain studio uh, parts and, and some ship moments, the ships that they use in the film actually are real ships. They, they actually built those ships. They actually shot those ships with cannons and they actually sunk those ships.
0: I don't remember what Pirates of the Caribbean movie it is, but one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I don't think it's the first one, has one of the greatest CGI scenes of all time, like visual effects scene. And you probably know what I'm thinking of. It's the mm-hmm. one where he's on the ship and the ship is exploding around him until you get to the final part where the uh, the final part of the ship where the last cannonball hits and explodes and yes. you just see mm-hmm. him blow up. That scene is one of the greatest VFX shots of all time and I don't think it ever will oh, be. Oh, yeah.
1: The fir- uh, Dead Man's Chest and uh, At World's End has the best CGI because still to this day, <clears throat> nobody has been able to create such a realistic CGI of Davy Jones.
0: <laughs>
1: the The CGI that they put into Davy Jones, if you rewatch dead man's chest and i and i want people to re-watch dead man's chest you don't have to re-watch the whole thing look up youtube clips of when davy jones first enters his first scenes and the rain going off of his cgi skin you would think that all of that had to be prosthetic with cgi touch-up it's not it's full cgi and nobody has ever came close into our future movies of ever being able to recreate such an amazing realistic awesome looking i mean it makes even thanos look terrible
0: (laughs) dude the pirates of the caribbean is fucking phenomenal um it is one of the fuck i forgot what i was gonna say oh dude it would be so ass to be a pirate but it would be so fucking sick to be a pirate dude I would love to be a pirate. I mean, other than all the fucking diseases and nasty shit and probably going to die by the time you're 35. But I think it would be so fucking sick to be a pirate, dude. That would Man, be- if I
1: could go back in time, I know some places we would be raiding.
0: <laughs> dude, pirates are fucking lit.
1: Oh. All right, now. Top next three. one on the list.
0: The <clears> top <throat> three.
1: The top three, here we go. Number one's probably going to shock the shit out of you. Number one will shock you. It it probably will, because it's the Twilight. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Wouldn't that be a plot twist? Uh, Number three, I haven't decided if it's the full trilogy, because all the movies are amazing. But I decided if you like the trilogy, you can, in your mind say that this is the whole trilogy but i'll stick to the first movie because I don't, I don't like throwing trilogies completely on here um is how to train your dragon
0: okay that's actually that's interesting that's an interesting top three
1: i how to train your dragon is something like again is if you told me hey out of nowhere a woman shows up hey you got a son He's 10 years old, he needs his dad, and he needs a father to watch a movie with. Pick a movie and watch one with your kid. Out of all the movies on this list, because I know I don't have many children ones, but if you were to talk about like even my children ones from my children days, and you were all like, pick a movie and watch one with your son, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, and even the full trilogy, would be one that I pick up and watch with my kid. It is probably, to me, one of the best, newest animated movies that you can possibly give your kid. And honestly, the third movie blew it out of the park. I thought they were going to screw that up. The second one was amazing, too. And seeing the transformation of Hiccup into the Viking he's supposed to be by the end of the third movie is to me a really great journey. I love how to train your dragon. I like the idea of Vikings being with dragons, no matter how cartoony they started out trying to make it uh, before they matured it over time. I love it. I know some people are going to probably bring up that it's based on actual books that are actually way more gory and not kid friendly, but I don't care.
0: Oh dude, about half the movies on my list are based off of books and That's one of the biggest reasons why they're on there because they're both, they're just really, really amazing adaptations of the books.
1: But like How to Train Your Dragon, dude, when that third movie came out in 2019, (laughs) I literally looked at it and I was like, damn, it was nine years ago since the first movie came out. And now we're, you know, it was a big part of my life. By the third movie,
0: he kind of gave me uh, Kratos vibes, 2018 God of War. In a, in
1: a sense <laughs> yeah yeah dude, god uh, I, a war I, I movie
0: get... oh my god dude
1: imagine imagine did you
0: see the i know we're off topic here did you see the ben Steller uh playing uh, yeah i
1: did on I the saw. sony
0: sony's official what was it instagram and twitter and all their fucking socials? that fucking yeah. was hilarious that shit had me weak
1: that was some of the funny that was funny i had somebody link it to me
0: it's a, that was really good. I watched it. I was like, oh, this is something Raven would
1: love. Yeah. It, it was beautiful. Now, the next one. Number two. This one is a trilogy. <laughs> because it is one cohesive story the that Hobbit. you cannot watch. That you cannot watch from... Uh, any of like you can't start from the second movie you can't start from the third movie if you want to you can watch the first one and not bother with the the next two because like you can make up the rest of the story in your mind but you cannot watch any of them by themselves individually fight me and that is the lord of the rings trilogy yep
0: yep that's that's a tough one to split the movies up into you
1: You cannot split the movies
0: you basically have to watch it as a trilogy
1: You have to. Because, like, you don't know how many times that I've watched... Because here's the best part. I have a a beautiful news. I have the Fellowship of the Ring, an original Fellowship of the Ring 2VHS Extended Edition copy on my shelf. Technically, it's a 4VHS because there's two extra VHS tapes for the appendices. But I have the, the dual... VHS extended edition and I watched it all the time <laughs> rewound that that damn thing so many times and rewatched it when it first came out in 2001 uh, I it was it's it's basically you can't watch you can't watch any of this on its own because I had somebody who had never seen Lord of the Rings and they were watching it on tv which we all know is bad because it's not the extended editions and they were they were literally starting off like from return of the king and they were all like i don't understand this why is that ball bad like the palantir and they were all like why are these hobbits even here how come they're shorter than everybody else like what's going on i'm like did you not see they're Like, no, and I was and I I literally turned off the TV, I switched it over to the DVD player. That was all like, let me introduce you to the extended editions. Are you ready?
0: And you have to start from the beginning. You can't fucking start from the third movie.
1: Exactly. You have to start from the beginning. But the Lord of the Rings trilogy will always be one of the most cinematic masterpieces of cinema. Sadly, after you read the Lord of the Rings book, you realize how much. Was really left out, but I still give Peter Jackson props for at least trying to bring out the abridged, important summary parts for the casual to enjoy on a screen. And I love it.
0: So now I'm hoping number one is the Hobbit trilogy, of course.
1: (laughs) No, number one is going to shock everybody. (gasps) Are you ready? Woo! I'm ready! Drum roll, please. Oh, I didn't mean a little one. Okay. Number one. Beauty and the Beast, the animated version.
0: Oh, okay. So the 70s one? Or was it newer than that? I think it's newer than that. (laughs) Which...
1: 1991.
0: Okay, so yeah, it's way later. I thought it was in the 70s, but no, okay. Beauty and the Beast.
1: Beauty and the Beast, 1991 animated one from Disney, is number one on my list.
0: Beauty and the Beast. I've watched that movie so many times, but I absolutely just don't remember anything other than there's that one guy that's just so pissed off on the Beast, and then there's the old lady who is Maleficent. Is that who it is? Or is, is that, what, what's, who's the witch in that one? Who's like the old, who's the old witch bitch in that movie? There's
1: not an old witch in this movie, except for the very beginning.
0: Didn't, didn't she pretend? Oh, is that Sleeping Beauty? Oh, wait, no. Wait, I'm fucking confused now. God, all the Okay,
1: the beginning, the beginning of Beauty and the Beast starts out with the tale of a prince who was obviously arrogant, selfish, the normal rich person type of issues. And when there was an old woman who needed help that knocked on his castle door, he treated her poorly, and she turned out to be a witch and cursed him into the form of a beast. And that's the only time she's mentioned. Or shown.
0: Okay, okay. Because I can't remember which... I, I, I get all those movies mixed up like uh, Snow White is I don't remember what witches is in that one or what old lady it Disney movies follow are those old Disney animated movies. They're different, but they all follow a very similar trend a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, Beauty and the Beast for me remains a number one film for me for very, very personal reasons. Um. it was the because- first one you got laid to. <laughs> uh, basically so that's why I, I i love it and i honestly i'm gonna mention the live action version it doesn't make a thing on this list because they did screw up a few things a lot of things but i do have to say with the live action version actually near the end the battle with gustan actually becomes more brutal than i thought it was going to be Um, I actually didn't think that was for kids because in the animated version, Guston is shooting the beast with an arrow, whereas in the live action version, he's literally loading a flintlock pistol and shooting him four times, like brutally animal put down type of execution. And I was all and I was all like, are we sure this is for kids? Because, like, I know they toned down the whole kidnapping a woman and imprisoning her for not loving you type of thing because it was for kids. And we can't have that being taught. But then at the same time, you're having somebody being executed by a flintlock pistol (laughs) in like the most gruesome fashion. And I was all like, and we turned down the other stuff. Why? But yeah, I did like the addition of one of the songs in the live action. But aside from that, the animated version will continue to be something that will always remain near and dear to me and, and stays at a 10 out of 10 and is amazing. And people who don't like it as my number one can screw off.
0: (laughs) Okay. So that's your top 20, huh?
1: That's my top 20. I do have four honorable mentions that we don't have to go into detail about.
0: Okay. What are the four honorable mentions?
1: These are ones that didn't make the list, even though I wanted them on there. Okay, we don't have to talk about them much. One is The Irishman by right. Martin Scorsese. It's three and a half hours long. Then there's oh, Battle... oh, oh, I
0: watched that. Uh, that one was really good. That was the one that came out not too long ago, right?
1: Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Then there's Battle Los Angeles. Everybody seems to think that movie sucked. I actually liked it. Then there's Zack Snyder's Justice League before okay. you know the 4 hour and then a horror movie called VHS.
0: Okay. Um I'm going to uh, I'm going to tell you guys one of my honorable mentions now since uh before 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 uh my most the one I wanted to put on this list the most and I'm not even kidding was a movie called Rubber. Have you seen it? No. It is a tire. It's a it's a truck tire and the tire kills people rolling and knocking them over and kills them (laughs) and that's the whole plot of the movie it's one of the greatest movies of it's the most movie of all time okay i i i say that was a good hour and 10 minutes there let's take a two and a half minute break so i can pee before we get into my list okay is that fair with you yeah sure okay two minute two minute uh potty break and then we will be back so enjoy some elevator music enjoy some elevator music i'll be back
1: i mean he's taking a break but i'm not i don't have to pee he doesn't know this So, also what you don't know is the reason why I like Beauty and the Beast is because I'm actually writing a book and it has very Beauty and the Beast vibes but I had met someone special in 2010 and they've been a part of my life ever since for the last 12 years. We're basically married at the soul and we created a world together that basically evolved from both of our worldly experiences. And how he matured over time. And Beauty and the Beast is something that connects to us both. And it's something we both share as a connection to both of our hearts. And so, yeah, the book is almost done. It took me 12 years to write. It'll be a two-parter with a third book afterwards to be somewhat of a prequel. I hope all of you enjoy it when it does come out. And that's why I like Beauty and the Beast.
0: Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who's the baddest bitch of them all? That's me. I'm them. I'm the baddest bitch.
1: Damn straight.
0: Okay. So, we are back. Raven, you probably couldn't hear the elevator music, but it was very, very relaxing.
1: That's okay. I talked over it.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know if you talked over it, because that shit was loud. I made sure that shit was going crazy, but it wasn't too loud. I think Beautiful. you probably, I think you probably could get over it. So, um, now we're going to my list. Now my list is a little different because of course I'm a different I'm person. I'm excited for this. Because my list can get a, is, is a little wacky, a little goofy. It starts off really goofy, has some really weird, um, plot things the, mainly my biggest thing is there's two things. When I look at a movie, I look at a movie for the story. Usually, if how well and if it's based off a novel, how well it represents the novel, and how well I actually enjoy that story from both the novel and the movie itself, and then off of cinematography, mainly how the movie was shot and filmed. I'm a really big guy about camera angles, about how things are done, how they're if they're done properly, VFX, if so, the VFX is good or not. So that's why I have a couple movies on here that don't necessarily have the greatest plots of all time, but are phenomenally. Nice to look at and
1: rings of power.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't even consider that. Even if that was a movie, I don't think I'd put it on here for sure. That'd be might go in my top twenty worst.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: (laughs) So, um, my list of movies starts out with number twenty, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, with uh, cinematography is the Wizard of Oz, 1939. The Wizard, the Wizard of Oz was one of the first movies in color and while it is based off the, the, the novel and it does an okay job representing it the wizard of oz was one of the first movies to not only to, to have the three check marks of a modern movie uh, color audio and music it had dialogue and audio it had music and it had a colored video picture even even into the late 40s most movies still weren't going colored picture this movie was a way ahead of its time. This movie, when you watch The Wizard of Oz, you could think, you would tell it's old, but you would think it's from the 60s or 70s. It's from the 30s. And while there has been multiple re-editions, like for example, there's a lot of controversy about um, the hanging munchkin, the hanging dwarf kid in the back. I don't know if you've ever heard about that.
1: About... Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard it.
0: Yeah, they had, there's been a couple times where they've had to edit some things out. Uh, so, and there's been a lot of times where they treated the, 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 the dwarves, like the people in real life, very, very, very poorly. Um, but other than that, it's, it gets the job done and it's a phenomenal movie. I love it from start to beginning. I love Dorothy. I love the wicked witch of the East and the wicked witch of the West. They're both, phen- or I guess she's not really wicked in the East. She's more the, she's the, Oh, I'm bubblegums and rainbows, you know? And I also, Woo-hoo. I also love how the, uh, witch of the East is such a, she's such a troll. Like you could honestly even consider her the witch of the East because she could have stopped everything from the beginning, but just was like, no, I want to see you go on. I want to see, I want to see how far you get. And she fucks up the witch of the West. I love, it's just, it's a phenomenal movie all around. I, it's one of my most favorite movies of all time. And I have a lot of fond memories. Cause like I said, I used to watch a lot of old movies when I was younger. Cause I never got to go to the cinema. And that is one of the movies that I watched a lot. Because that's one of my aunt's favorite movies. She watched that as a kid. So put put that into perspective. My 67-year-old aunt watched that as a kid. So she's my great aunt, by the way. Not my grandma's uh, uh, daughter. So coming in at 19, I have one of the greatest movies, uh, animated movies for me growing up. And honestly, you know what? Still kind of comes today because it has a really good message. The Lorax 2012, and I threw in the Lorax 1979, just because they can kind of... The Lorax 2012 just has a bunch of extra plot points, but they both have the same message and same idea. So, the Lorax, you probably read the book as a kid, but basically, you, yeah. have, the, you have the Lorax, and you have the Ler and the Onceler wants to cut down all the Truffula trees so he can make the th- needs, which are basically just this weird product that's just like a, a cloth thing that's kind of stupid and you don't know why everybody would want it, but it goes back to modern society, especially the 2012 one. The 2012 one goes, focuses a lot on modern society, not just on how we should take care of the environment, but the 2012 one, the 1979 one focuses on the, um, mainly the greed of and ta- trying to remember to save, you know, save your earth. Cause you only have one of them, you know, but the 2012 one focuses yeah. a lot on not just that, but also corporate greed in the world. And how greed can lead to some of the biggest problems in, in the world, not just the United States. You see the one slur go from this guy who just wants to make a cool product and he's really happy and everybody loves him. And then he slowly, over the duration of, I guess, the pre the prelog, the, pre, the, the pre-main storyline, you see him turn into this monster, basically, where, to the point where he, he the, the scene that best represents it is there's a part of this, this song towards the middle of the end um called how can how bad can i be and you see him go from this everything's all light and happy and then you see him turn into this big monster with it turning dark and nasty outside and all the trees are getting cut down and you just see how how greed it how greed can turn somebody like even a nice guy into somebody horrible and then it comes full circle with uh ted and all that and i i i love the movie i growing up it had a really good message and it was fun to watch it it, it's a it's eye candy basically it's really beautiful to look at because old illumination well
1: animated mm -hmm,
0: old uh, illumination studios movies are awesome and even to this day i mean i watched the new um despicable me movie and i thought it still looked amazing they they do a phenomenal job with their 3d animation i don't illumination isn't the one that steve Jobs started that was pixar right
1: uh I didn't know Steve Jobs started so, an animation. So
0: what happened was Steve Jobs got kicked out of uh, Apple. They were like, "Fuck you!" You know, we don't want you here anymore. And he was like, "Oh, fuck you guys!" So he took his uh, his idea of business and how Apple worked and created a studio called Pixar. I believe it was Pixar. Yeah, because it would have been early two thousands because Illumination came out after Pixar. So he he started in the in the late nineties or, or middle to late nineties. Yeah, middle to late nineties. And created uh, Pixar, and then Disney bought Pixar, and then Apple hired him back as a CEO. He yeah. came full circle. So, yeah, there, there's your uh, tip of the day. Fun Interesting. fact. But yeah, so, Lorex Illumination always does awesome, and it has a good message. If you guys have not watched that movie, watch that movie, because it is, it's only like an hour and, and 40 minutes long, and it's just fun.
1: 28.
0: Oh, really? It's, yeah, it's a really short movie. It's, it's just a fun movie. And it has good music, too. You don't know beautiful. me, but my name's Psy. Okay, um, coming in at number. Let's see. This would be okay. So it was twenty nineteen 18. eighteen. So coming in at eighteen is Suicide Squad twenty twenty one. Now, <laughs> now, hear me out. This is why I put it lower. I love Idris Elba. I love me and, too. And and I always love. Uh, what's her face is Harley Quinn, just because of the accent it's such a it's such mm-hmm. a harley quinn thing and she does it phenomenal and that's just like her main accent i know she's in the wolf of wall street has the exact same act. margot rabbi there you go yeah but oh i didn't put the wolf of wall street on this list damn it that would be an honorable mention i guess but no so yeah so suicide squad 2021 was phenomenal i i, I love that movie just because the acting is so good the storyline is kind of wacky and goofy uh, but the actors and the way they they do everything is just so phenomenal, and it's the first movie where I was like, so to me, John Cena has always been like the Rock, the the B, Like we couldn't get the Rock for this movie, so here's the next best thing, John Cena. But <laughs> like he he's like the B grade Rock, you know. But he does phenomenal as Peacekeeper. Like I don't think I could ever see Dwayne Johnson as as Peacemaker. But uh, uh, John Cena does really good as Peacemaker. I I think and Ratcatcher has a is is played by a really good uh person and polka dot guy that was the that was one of the things that was really weird to me because he's such a uh, the, the the way they um like where he sees everybody as his mom that scene really is funny to me where he sees like the big monster is his mom and he's like oh my god he shoots the polka dots and fucks it up and then just gets squished he just dies i fucking love that that was so funny and the mm-hmm. cinematography is amazing in that movie too um not to mention the the beginning bait and switch of the suicide squad cuz you have all these people from suicide squad 2016 plus all these new characters yeah. and then they all get fucked up on the beach and then and then you're like what the fuck is the movie over like what's going on and then cuts to you know the the B squad or whatever the second suicide squad is called and but yeah bloodsport Idris Elba was amazing uh the guy who plays the doctor the the bald guy with the thing sticking out of his head he plays Dr. Who Uh, He plays as the Doctor in Doctor Who. He's an okay Doctor, and he does really well in that role, too. But yeah, so that's that's why I love that movie. So, you may notice a theme here. I have a decent amount of superhero movies on this list. Um, Coming in at number 17 is Shang-Chi. I love Ah. Shang-Chi. A lot of people don't like Shang-Chi because it does follow a lot of the problems that uh, post-Endgame problems have. But Shang-Chi really felt like they were trying to make a movie. And not just trying to grab a quick buck. The actors felt like they really were enjoying the role they were playing. Especially um, the main guy. I can't remember what his name is. Who plays Shang-Chi. He, he has... he. You could just tell he was having fun with that role. Because that was like his go-to role. He always wanted to play that as a kid. And he got the opportunity to play it. But it gave me old Jackie Chan movie vibes. With the martial yes. arts. With the martial arts and the way everything was... Especially during the beginning of the movie. The ending of the movie kind of falls off a little bit but it goes into that Chinese mythology and that that chi- it's like a hybrid of Chinese and Japanese mythology and we haven't seen that in Marvel yet which was awesome to see and, and it also set up the second Shang-Chi movie with his sister as being the main villain and I think that would be awesome to see because I always love an anti-hero. I and that's what mm, she is. She's me not too. she's not necessarily a villain, she is an anti-hero, kind of like Wanda a little bit. Except Wanda just becomes evil, but um Yeah, I, I, I love that movie. I, it, it just, it was genuinely like in a time of bad Marvel movies, it really stuck out. Like, cause right, right, maybe before, after we get Eternals and that was just so bad. And then my, my hopes were so low for every movie coming out. And then we got a really good, surprising banger movie and I genuinely enjoyed it. Definitely one of the best movies of 2021 and probably the, 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 the 2020s for sure.
1: Yeah, For... Shang Chi was probably one. I mean, I've I've seen it three times. So
0: yeah, seen it twice. I watched it when I was in theaters, and then I watched with my friend, and then I watched um, watched it on Disney Plus. Oh, speaking of Marvel movies, I'm going to see Wakanda Forever. <laughs> but me and my friend we whoa, haven't seen it. Whoa.
1: We... <laughs> you're white though. You can't go to
0: that. No, I want to see it. But uh, so me and my friend we haven't watched a movie since um spider-man uh uh no way home so it's been a good year now almost and we we kind of fell off but we started talking again and we're gonna go watch this movie because me and him are like big movie goers but we just never watch movies together anymore it was so sad but okay so coming sad. in <laughs> yeah this is this is this is such a sad moment okay so that would have been 17 coming in at number 16 we have This is a movie you probably never heard of. And if you have, you're a champion. And this is for listeners and you, Raven. Hardcore Henry. Yep. Yes. I have that
1: downloaded still.
0: This fucking movie was phenomenal. This goes back to, it has a pretty weird and kind of bad story. But the cinematography is fucking awesome. It is the the first time I've ever seen a first person movie actually done good. And it's not just a first-person movie, it's a first-person fucking shooter movie. It's so sick, and, and every shot just feels like it's so long, like it was one take, even though they are stitched together really well, like 1917 is. But it, it's it's so good, and even to the final battle, there's a scene where it's playing Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, and he takes this adrenaline shot, and he just mm-hmm. goes fucking ham on the androids, and I, oh dude, it's a Russian movie but they do have an English dub, the English dub is okay, Uh, but it's great in Russian, and also, fun fact, I watched this movie three times, I watched it the first time in English, and then I watched it in Russian, because I wanted to see how it was in Russian, and then about two years ago, I watched it in Japanese, and in Japanese, it really fucking kills it too, the Japanese voice actors do phenomenal in that, but the Russian is really good, and the English is really good, so, it's one of those movies, if you haven't seen it, you could pirate it so easily online. I mean, uh, you can download it really easily online legally, probably. It's probably all on YouTube actually, because it wasn't a blockbuster movie really.
1: Oh um, I don't you I are... remember it being in theaters.
0: Well well no, it's not like like it was it was in theaters, but it wasn't like a big, big blockbuster like owned by Warner Brothers or Paramount or anything like that. It was it, it it was owned by a smaller company i think i rem if i remember correctly and it got distrib it might the distribution rights might be through uh new line cinema maybe or paramount i don't exactly know but it's one of those smaller it's one of the smaller ones that are that kind of fell off recently um okay it's a great choice <laughs> <laughs> coming in at number 15 we have halloween kills no i'm kidding um no this this one might be even worse than halloween kills uh that was a good bane switch now don't laugh at me for this actually you can laugh all you want kong skull island
1: 2017 Ooh, that's a that's a nice choice i
0: I love this movie this (laughs) this movie was like when i saw this in theaters i because okay so so for me when i grew up i watched the original king kong and to this day, the original King Kong, I would have put it on this list, but it kind of does have a lot of problems with it. But the original King Kong was amazing. And 2005's King Kong or whatever was okay, but it didn't, I didn't really feel like it did good justice to Kong. It, Kong really needed like a, a modern 21st century reboot. In Kong Skull Island is a really good, nice origin story. Like, like a, a new origin story. Like not set in the 30s, not set super long ago. It, I mean, it's long ago now, but it was. It's set in the nineteen sixties, during late or middle to late Vietnam, and you get all these. Uh, or maybe it's early seventies, late sixties, early seventies. You get you get this awesome Vietnam esque with all the helicopters and all this and the attire and everything that you and you and you learn about the guy who got lost, like with the Japanese dude in World War Two on the island, and you and then you just get this awesome backstory to kong and uh the island and i i love it i love it i love skull island i love it was a phenomenal job and the guy who plays in the what is it what's that um show called roseanne the guy who plays in roseanne yeah. he, he the 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 dad i don't remember what is what the actor's name is
1: uh, uh damn it i know this one
0: he also played in that other movie uh cloverfield lane or whatever that yeah, movie was 10 really good.
1: Cloverfield Lane.
0: Yeah, 13 Cloverfield Lane, I think it was, actually.
1: No, it was 10.
0: Really? Okay, never mind. Sorry. But yeah, can't remember what his name is, but he did a phenomenal job in that movie. Uh, he dies decently, in, I think, in the middle of the movie, but he, the, a lot of the actors, it has, um, oh, dude. John that, Goodman. Dude, do you know who's in that movie? Brie Larson. And she actually does a good job. Like I'm not yeah, even kidding,
1: and nobody knew she was fucking in the movie <laughs> either. <laughs>
0: she she actually did a good job. It's one of the only good job movies I can I can a- give her applaud for because it was it was not bad. She does okay as the good love interest, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a good it was a good good reboot to Kong and sets up the Kongs in the Godzilla universe so well because then you get Kong versus uh, Godzilla, and that movie's not good, but it's. Awesome to watch the fight scenes in that movie.
1: it's awesome yeah,
0: but the the story kind of drops off, okay. so that would have been God because I have this on my Apple thing, so everything's backwards. so that that was six, which 15. would have been fifteen. Okay. So coming in at number fourteen, we have the Martian this Ooh. this movie has I believe Matt Damon as the Martian. I think that's who plays it, or it's the other guy that looks exactly like him., um, yeah, it's Matt Damon, yeah. So, The Martian was one of... I, I read the novel for this. And actually, funny enough, I didn't go watch this in theaters. I think this movie came out in 2014 or 15 or maybe even 2013. But I never... I didn't watch it in theaters. Uh, one of the only movies I didn't really watch in theaters that's on this list. Uh, Well, I guess Wizard of Oz, but... <laughs> so, The Martian was phenomenal. I read the book in sixth grade and then... I loved it so much, I was like, oh, I'll see if there's a movie. And there was. And the movie is amazing. They're, they leave out a few parts, but I just love the idea of potato farming on Mars. That is fucking awesome to me. How this, that is th- hilarious. This guy who's so smart, he finds out a way to basically grow ve- like his own vegetation on, on the Martian soil and how he's trying to get off this planet so much, in the struggle, and, and you can see all the problems, everything that arises to him. It's awesome science fiction. You could almost see, like, like to me, I could almost see that happening, like, 30, 40 years from now. Like, in the, in the 2050s or 2060s, and, like, in real life, I could see, like, something like this happening, where this guy, super smart scientist, has to figure out, he's stuck, and he has to figure out, like, a way to get off, and they, they beeline back for them, even though they're told not to, and then he has this awesome. There's this fucking Superman scene, like where he's like, "Just be Superman," and he he pokes the hole in his glove so he can get the boost while he's in space. And by the mm-hmm. way, yeah, they 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 did a lot of research on how 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 things float in space and stuff like that. And so that scene is actually accurate. To, if you wanted to actually like, it's almost completely accurate. If you actually were to poke a hole in your suit or whatever and use the air. F- floating air will push you like that and you don't need a big push you just need a small push it's awesome i everything down to the atom and also the guy who wrote it i believe is an astrophysicist so a lot of the stuff in the movie is plausible that you could in theory do you could in theory the the soil is kind of has has nickel and other and copper and other things in it but there's ways to get rid of that and you could actually potato farm on it's one of the only plants that you could farm on mars cuz potatoes grow in literally fucking come in mud so potatoes like everything like every other plant you know it needs like oh i need this much water and i need this potatoes fucking put me in the ground bitch i'll come out i'll come out <laughs>
1: yeah potatoes just grow
0: put me in the fucking ground okay so number that would have been 14 right no god i can't, i'm not even keeping track anymore because i'm getting so in-depth in my movies so, that would have been, let's see, 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14. Yeah. So, coming in at number 13, I have one of Kubrick's best works of all time. A Clockwork Orange. This movie... Ah. This movie is very accurate to the novel. And I love the novel. I read the novel after I watched the movie. But I rewatched the movie just this week because for this list because I wanted to put it on here. And it holds up. It... The Clockwork Orange follows this tale of Alex and you you see this dystopian semi-futuristic dystopian government in, in society and you only well the Alex does do he he rapes people he does a lot of bad things you feel sympathy for this guy because he is just basically an ama- uh, amalgamation I guess is the right word uh, of society around him he is in this very young centric society where there's a lot of old people and young people basically can kind of semi get away with whatever they want. And in the city, in the world turns him into this uh, like killing machine. And then that's why it's called a clockwork orange because he, he turns into this, basically this machine for, for the agenda. And then after he gets caught, he turns into the the opposite, so the people, the government, want to start pushing the opposite agenda, so then he becomes another machine of agenda and propaganda for the government. He goes through all this torture, like, basically, like, some of the most ridiculous and craziest shit. He sees, like, rapes, he sees killings, he sees genocides, he sees people people dying everywhere while listening to beethoven this classical music and it ends up turning rewiring his brain to turn into this like um uh what's the word like like this perfect person and to the point where whenever he sees violence or hears music or anything he feels sick and wants to throw up and kill himself and they use that against him as basically a propaganda machine and he he the reason why it's called a clockwork orange is because he starts out as this like not at the beginning of the movie but he started out as a child as this beautiful perfect fruit orange and turns into this mach- this dirty machine used against his not only himself but the people around him and it's 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 a it's a really awesome movie and alex has one of the greatest character developments i think of any person in in fiction of all time in the novel and in the movie. And Kubrick with his one takes are phenomenal. He filmed the entire, every shot is we're going to do it once and we're doing it once only. And you get this, be- the, the cinematography is so beautiful because the standard was so high with Kubrick that everything had to be perfect and everything is perfect. And the guy who plays Alex, I believe his name, it's Malcolm McDow- McDowell. He, is, he was a phenomenal actor at the time. And he still... He, he does play a few other things, but... other oh, than the, I love him. Other than the fact that he's British. I hate British people. But, um, he's... He does... Yeah, it's phenomenal. The movie is... Now, I, I must tell you, if you... I, I will recommend this movie to you. Under one condition, you understand the... Basically, the warning beforehand. There is rape. There is death. And there are british people so be warned because it gets very loud <laughs> and very <laughs> it gets very loud and very difficult but you can once you look past it you can really understand the 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 problems that occur in alex and you get to watch a phenomenal story with great cinematography i would have put that movie higher but it's just it, the problem is, is it's an old movie and it, and it it has a lot of stigma around it that just It kind of can't really get any higher than where I put it. Coming in at number 12, um, we have Avengers Endgame. This is the modern movie. And I put Endgame on this list solely because it's kind of like the end of an era for me. It's not only the end of <laughs> phase three in Marvel, so like a really awesome phase. But, but for me growing up, Marvel movies were the thing. From, from Iron Man when I was only like four years old to Endgame. I grew up my entire childhood was solely based around these movies and 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 uh, and watching Endgame basically be like the catalyst to the end of, of this era of my childhood. I would consider Endgame came out when I would have been um I I would have been 15 but I was about that time I was turning 16. And really this would be my I would say this is like my catalyst like the end of my childhood. This is like the noon of my day in, in my life, I would say. Where that point on, I was an adult. I would say after Endgame, Endgame was just the last movie of my childhood, and not to mention it has one of the greatest final battle scenes of any fucking movie probably to ever exist and will exist. They could maybe do something on a similar scale in a, in the next event in the next Avengers movies, but it would take a lot of work. They need to, these characters need to develop a lot more. But it was the end of an era for me and. Not to mention, it has Fortnite, Fortnite, dude! It has Fortnite in it. Oh my oh god! Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Thor <laughs> playing Fortnite, dude, dude.
0: Also, Fat Thor is the best Thor. I love. I, I agree. I love Fat Thor with the sunglasses. I do. I do. I do not like that he uh, tells Brie Larson that he likes her because that's kind of fucked. But no, nah, that
1: was just to shove her character in, and to make her character feel validated.
0: Captain Marvel's powerful, but I just don't like Captain Marvel, <clears throat> sadly.
1: I like Captain Marvel, just not the Brie Larson one.
0: I, I honestly, I'm not a fan of really strong superheroes, to be honest. I Superman is okay for me, but like the problem with me is like One Punch Man and anime and stuff like that and Goku. The problem is when the character gets to the point where they're so strong, you have to make the villain so strong, and then you just know exactly what's going to happen now.
1: Yeah, and, that's why Dragon Ball Z turned me off. It was like, "Aha, he's super saiyan." And, and then the somebody one else thing comes up He's super super saiyan.
0: Is One Punch Man is so like I it's meant it's meant to be a parody of strong superheroes and strong people. And while it is f- enjoyable to watch, it just kind of blows cuz you already know what's going to happen every single time. Superman, they try so hard to make him work in the DCEU, but it it's a struggle really. Superman's a struggle. He, it's a struggle to make a movie centered exactly around him. You you basically have to have him as like a, a side supporting character. Kind of like Batman's super Batman versus Superman's perfect, like a dual a dual movie where it's following two different people. He works well in that. But a single movie around him, it's hard to do it more than once. Like Man of Steel, after that it's you you don't really have anything else you can really do. I mean, you can do Black Adam versus Superman, but then again, you're getting on that dual whatever. But no, Endgame was like the end of my childhood for me. That's my that's my biggest thing, and I gotta give it props for having v- decent CGI, awesome battle scenes. The time travel doesn't. Endgame has a lot of problems, mainly story wise. But the I I like the idea of how they time travel through the quantum realm. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and and it also set up a lot more character development for Ant Man. Funny enough, Ant Man is been a struggle if you couldn't tell after Ant Man and the Wasp. And yeah. Um, so it, it, gave nice, uh, it gave nice little character development to him, even though Ant-Man is fucking stupid. Uh, Okay. So that would have been 12 coming in at number 11. We have the interview. Ah,
1: I love this one.
0: So the interview is one of my most favorite movies of all time. I love Seth Rogen. Uh, I almost said Joe Rogan. Holy fuck. I love Seth Rogen. (laughs) i i love i i i love this movie just because of the idea of how they portray kim jong uh un and i love i i i I love the idea of this talk this goofy fucking talk show about about american drama just so happens to be the number one show that the world's one of the world's worst most strongest dictators just loves (laughs) Uh he freaks the fuck out he's like oh my god him it's what what was the what was the show called what's that character's name in the show I can't remember but I fucking I fucking love that I also love it has one of the greatest CGI scenes of all time funny enough the CGI scene was actually basically completely done by Seth Rogan and get this get this Adam Savage from Mythbusters
1: damn
0: and they were the two they, they, they didn't do the CGI but they were the two basically producers of the CGI scene where the helicopter blows up and the stuff starts hitting it. Like the, uh, the flames start hitting his skin and burn them. That was crazy. And also funny enough, the interview, Sony got cease and desisted from that. Cause they're a Japanese company. And Sony mm-hmm. was like, Oh my God. And so then there was this big press conference. I don't know if you remember the news around that time. It would have been 2014. Oh, yeah. There was yeah, a big press conference that the, that Obama was going to make. And everybody thought Obama was going to shun Sony and shun Seth Rogen and all this shit about how you don't do that. And he came on full blast and he was like, fuck you, Kim Jong-un. If you got a problem, come fight us because this fucking movie is perfectly fine. And I was like, damn, damn. Okay. wow." actually having a strong leader, like a strong strong leader character type because for, for a while, m- politics for me was like when I was younger, it was like, oh, I, I, all these fucking old fucking fags don't know what they're doing, dude. But then you get like, you get something like that and you're like, wow, I could actually see like, wow. Yeah.
1: And then Kim Jong Un was all like, "We're gonna shoot up movie theaters if he would dare to play it." And so Sony was actually planning on canceling it until somebody hacked their server and released it digitally to everybody to download. And by that point, they're like, "Oh, well, it's already out. Let's put it in theaters, anyways."
0: Yeah, and it was so worth it because I watched that in theaters. I love that movie. Um, that was one of the first I movies downloaded. I saw. It. That was one of the first movies I saw in cinema, and I, I, I love it. I love it so much. Hold on. My boss is calling me. Give me a sec.
1: Yeah, I like the interview. Honestly, that's probably one of the only things Obama did that I actually uh, applauded him for. I mean, we could go into the whole Hollywood is government, but who cares? Uh, That's actually one of the things I applauded Obama for, was not letting other countries bully you simply because you wanted to put out a cinematic piece of movie that's only meant to be a joke. And it made fun of everybody. I mean, it made fun of Eminem. It made fun of our current day. uh, I wouldn't even say current day at its time, that current day talk show hosting. I think it did a great job. And so actually for uh, surprisingly to, for anybody listening, you know, uh, this is the only time you'll hear me say that Obama did a great job. At actually uh, defending a piece of cinema that was being made for the sake of the idea that James Franco really just had a funny idea for a movie. And also, Seth Rogen in movies is great. Seth Rogen outside of movies is terrible. Just throwing that out there, because Seth Rogen's a piece of shit in real life.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a douchebag. I hate his laugh how do you do the <laughs> dude he went on uh quarter crew that youtube channel the vfx artist and yeah. he explained all like the movies that he's produced and honestly he's got some bangers behind his name though i'll say that he's got a lot of good movies behind his produced list and mm-hmm. the interview's one of them and also he does really good in that movie the fucking shoving the the shit up his ass <laughs> he's like where do i put it and they go put it up your ass he goes what and he's like oh Mm -hmm. mother of god (laughs) oh it reminded me of breaking bad a lot with the with the way uh uh i can't remember what scene it is but where walter white's like sweet mother of god (laughs) his voice gets so high and scratchy it's funny okay sorry just getting a cock out of my throat so coming in at number 10 we have joker 2019 this is the start of my Uh top 10 So Joker 2019 was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved how it it started this idea of modern day society, how it's not all happiness in rainbows. I also, we we basically covered everything about this movie already, so I'm not going to go too in depth. I will say this, though. It did spawn a new start of, I would say, young male male guys uh, turning into this, like, you don't feel alone anymore kind of idea. Where, like they yeah. made a movie about how a lot of young guys at the time really felt they really felt like society had outcasted them and and turned them away and they kind of felt like they had a movie kind of representing them finally, which a lot of guys really looked up to and really liked. I mean, of course, they're not going to go on a talk show and shoot a guy, especially somebody as cool as uh fucking what's his face who played him
1: Robert de Niro you
0: know? Robert de Niro. but it, it still it, it gave it gave a sense of there there was some people in Hollywood that's still understood a lot of their big general audience. Cause a lot of whether, whether you like it or not, and and this isn't even just, this is just going factual. A big audience isn't, is young male adults, like young, not even adults. It's like young males, like 16 to 25 or 16 to 30, I guess it would be a better example. 16 to 30. That's a really big market. That's almost like probably 35 to 40% of your market. And and not to mention... Want to know
1: something? What? Sorry. Uh, I forgot to say, because you were talking about how it, it it appealed to males and let them know that they weren't alone. Funny enough, I, I actually met a female who actually... Felt the same way? Her, who felt the same way. And it actually, it, watching that movie helped her feel more confident about herself. And she's doing great so far. She's, she even beat depression.
0: That is awesome. And, and, and I guess that goes to show that that movies don't even really need to be gender-wise because, well, yeah, it did, it was really, it really helped a lot of guys. There are females, too, that really got help from that movie, like you just said. It, it was more of a, I would say, you know what, screw the, the gender thing. I would say it was more of a young people were not alone type of movie where it, everybody yeah. kind of felt like like they were in this down, deep, problematic part, and, and people realized that 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 people in Hollywood, whether, whether it's just like 5% of them, Still understood a lot of the general population, especially the young people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem in, in coming out of somebody like DC and Warner Brothers, too, was crazy. And in, in Joker isn't supposed to be like a movie that's supposed to really be in the Batman universe or any type of universe, really. It's kind of just meant to be like a, its own thing. Like it's just meant to be a piece, a piece of like a piece, like a, it's meant to be its own piece to show society. Basically, and, and and a different take and outlook of society, and Joker just so happens to fit a really really good like, I'm like he's a really good puzzle. A piece.
1: really good. It fit. covers a lot of bases.
0: Yeah, and and it's a good, decent, cool style origin story. And, and then, of course, you get in the, at the end of the movie, you get like the he killed Bru- or he didn't kill. But because of that, his movement that got Bruce Wayne's parents killed him. I thought that was really cool.
1: That, that was that. That's why people didn't uh when he does when he's at the table in that jail, in, in the prison room. Right. Mm-hmm. Before he obviously kills the lady in there. yeah He's laughing and he's all like she's all like, what's funny? And he's like, you wouldn't get it. And yeah. it showed that I was like one of the only people on the first viewing that was like, dude, he's laughing because now. Now bruce is an orphan just like him yeah and i got it right off the bat and i actually started laughing in the theater with him
0: He <laughs> <laughs> turned into the joker you went home and put face paint on and let's put a smile i actually on
1: that started face. laughing i i laughed in the theater i did because the moment he was like you wouldn't get it and it showed the bruce by his dead parents i was i literally said out loud oh, i get it and i started laughing <laughs> And there was this, there was this couple right next to me that literally were giving me this look of what the fuck's wrong with you.
0: (laughs) Dude, when Joker 2 comes out, I'm going to, I'm going to wait until one of the most serious and darkest scenes where he makes like a a crude Joker joke. And I'm just going to (laughs) go, I'm going to do like a Joker laugh really loud. Uh (laughs) That's going to be fucking hilarious. No, dude, the next one, they're going to fuck it up. It's going to be why do good girls like fucking musical fucking bullshit. Harley Quinn, Lady Gaga, they they're going to screw it up. No, don't do it. It's don't... like
1: they saw the dancing on the stairs and we're all like, let's do the whole movie like that.
0: Yeah. Everything's a musical. <laughs> it could be funny actually, but it's going to ruin the stoicness of it. I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Coming, we're coming off of the, a lot of DC. You notice you got a decent one of DC on here coming in at number nine. So number nine of the top 10, we have Batman begins 2005 with Christian Bale um this was an awesome beginning piece of one of the best trilogies of all time um it batman begins was phenomenal it showed a side that we really didn't get to see of bruce wayne christian bale is beautiful as bruce wayne um Rasha ghoul it wasn't the best portrayed but scarecrow was phenomenally portrayed too uh that's one of the saving graces of that movie Scarecrow was awesome, and uh, Batman Bale. It's it, this is the only funny enough. <clears throat> I don't really like Bale's Batman like style too much, but I did like him in this one. There's a scene from this movie because he's still learning to be the Batman a little bit. He gets it a little quicker than Robert Pattinson does, but um, there's a scene where he's holding this goon by by the by the bat uh thing. What's it called the uh, the, the grapple gun? He's holding him by the grapple mm-hmm. gun. And it's, the, I think I sent it to you. I said, this scene goes hard. And and he goes, like, the, the scene is like the guy. And he goes, I don't know. I don't know. I swear to God. And Batman just looks at him and goes, Swear to me. And I, dude, that scene was so fire. I, I about, I, dude, I had to pause the movie. I got up. I got giddy. I was like, Oh my God. That, that, because that is some. Badass shit. That's uh, the, the whole thing about Bruce Wayne in, in Batman in that trilogy. And I'll talk about this in a second. Nah. Uh, about how he's just a badass. They tried to make Batman as 21st century and badass as possible. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It, it, it had an okay story. But the acting, the cinematography, the VFX, the effects in general, like the explosions, everything... The, the, uh-huh. the origin story to batman was awesome and
1: the practical effects were awesome yeah
0: too and the bat suit looks okay i'm not a fan of the of the the weird suit because the bat the bat suit in that one is a is like a three-piece the suit and the neck are the suit the neck and like the shoulders are all like in, in, into the shoulder like the middle part are all one big thing i think i just like if it was just a mask more but it, it, it works fine it's phenomenal And it looks very slick and clean and um, sets up the next movie very well, too, with uh, the ending kind of having this Joker style. I think Joker laughs at the end of it, if I remember correctly. But um, coming in at number eight, this is one of my um, most favorite movies of all time, basically, because I read the book and then I saw they were making a movie about it. And the movie turned out to be awesome. So um, the movie is Murder on the Orient Express.
1: Now ah, I remember watching this.
0: So, this movie is in one of my most favorite novel series of all time. I don't like a lot of novel series. Um, The only novel series I can really think of that I love, there's two of them. It's probably Harry Potter and Dune. But most times, I don't get into a big novel series. But the Hercule Perrette, uh, series, well, it's not called that. But but basically, any novel with Hercule Poirot is awesome. He is... He, he's a different style detective because he's not like Batman, where he's a detective that kicks ass. He's not like Sherlock Holmes, where he's this kind of you know um, young detective who kind of is pretty badass too, but isn't on the scale of Batman with all his toys and gadgets. He's this old man who just uses logic and real thinking to figure things out. And, and you get a sense of realism to it because he's not like invincible. He's just scared of a simple gun. Like Batman and even Sherlock Mm -hmm. Holmes, they get this sense that, that they're not really scared of anything, but, but, but you get this kind of realism to the story and not to mention the story is phenomenal. It has one of the greatest twists of all time. I almost was going to put death on the Nile on this list too, because I love death on the Nile, but, um, I didn't death on the Nile does pretty good too. But, uh, murder in the Orient Express, spoiler alert, basically they're trying to figure out who killed this guy in this train. And it can only be anybody on this train because there's no way that anybody would have fled because the train was going really fast in the middle of a really harsh winter and that person would have basically committed suicide and they, it's just not plausible for somebody to have done that. So somebody on this train had killed him. And so they group everybody together and they figure out who did it and they find out that after everybody lied, they find out that everybody on this train had a grudge against this one guy and killed him. So you find out that everybody was the murderer, basically, which is so different because even Death on the Nile follows this problem where where it has like one kind of semi culprit to it, even though it's a duo that you can kind of see. You can't see this ending coming, and and I love it. I love the detective work that goes into it, and the and the clue finding and everything that is just phenomenal. And I, I loved it. I I loved Murder in the Orient Express and um, Hercule Poirot is awesome. And also the guy who plays him, um, Kenneth Bre- Brenag or whatever the fuck his name is. He's not too old either. So he can continue playing this if they want to do uh, some of the other more popular Hercule Parrot stories as well. And this movie had Johnny Depp in it too. So, okay. Oh Yeah. Coming Thank in. You. Okay. So that was, okay. So 10, nine, eight. So coming in at number seven, <clears throat> this is the, my most favorite Avengers movie and in, Avengers infinity Ward. um, i love yes. this one just because of the fact that a thanos is awesome in this movie
1: he, he's the hero of the story
0: he's basically like his own he's not necessarily a hero he's just like an anti-hero because he, he, technically the heroes are the avengers but he's not necessarily really a bad guy i mean he's a villain the Russo
1: brothers said they filmed infinity war to be from thanos's perspective because he is the hero of the movie
0: to be fair he really is i mean his his goal is he he does it through very violent and bad things but his goal is just to make life better really realistically mm-hmm. and and that's his thing is he saw how bad his world had happened to, to and and saw all these things that were happening from all the worlds he was conquering and realized you know i'm a bad guy but i can do something good through my bad ways it's kind of like uh i actually i can't really think of a good example right now but but thanos yeah he, he he has this really bad sense to him that he just really wants it and to prove to him that he is a good guy he destroys the infinity stones and 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 some people can argue oh that's so they can't undo the snap but realistically i think he just didn't want anybody to have the stones other than him like he he knew those stones were way too powerful and way too big of a problem and somebody with who somebody who was a really 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 bad guy would be conquering people with these stones, mm-hmm. and he destroyed them. And also, if he was such a bad guy, he really would have, after he destroyed all life and population, uh, ha- or 50% of the population, first off, he would have just destroyed the entire population, which is why I think I hate Endgame, because he goes, he t- they actually do make him into a villain. I'm gonna rewrite this universe where everybody loves me. It's like, oh, my snoozer, dude. Like, that. Yeah, you're destroying Thanos, kind of. And, but, but Infinity War... You, you, He destroys the stones, and then instead of conquering people, instead of doing anything, he sits and he farms. He sits and he enjoys the life that he just gave everybody else. Now, in theory, there are some practicalities to 50% of life going away. But there are some problems mainly to do with, you know, family and love and stuff like that. But it's just, it's not very ethical is the problem. Even if, even if it was the right thing to do. But I love that sense because, look, we just talked... For almost three, four minutes about just the villain alone, and that's exactly yeah. why I love that movie because it has one of the greatest villains of all time. They make after Thanos... all the
1: hero won in that movie.
0: Technically, technically you could kind of say you know nobody wins really. I mean, he does win; he gets his way. Everybody wins, but everybody technically really gets the W in a sense. But then you know you get the Avengers coming in. We're gonna you win. have to
1: cheat and go back in time because they're Facts. too big of a pussy to deal with. Facts,
0: loss. dude. Take the, take the L, take the L. Take Continuing
1: the L. to act like villains, by the way, playing unfairly.
0: Yeah, take the L, take the L.
1: hmm I but- think that's why Thanos said what you said was a snoozer, is nobody was being grateful, and everybody is trying to undo what was good for them. So rather than having a bunch of people who remember the old ways tear down the universe and rebuild it with people who will just be more grateful for what they have.
0: And, yeah, I I think the only problem Thanos would have ran into with that is got a lot more powerful people in the universe that are going to start coming to look for you after that point. Because Mm -hmm. according to to everything, Galactus is still out there. There, There's still these really high, powerful ancient gods and beings that are definitely going to step in when Thanos tries to rewrite the entire universe. And I think Thanos probably eventually would have got his ass kicked either way, whether or not it was from the Avengers or not. There would always been a problem, I feel like. I feel like he would have got to the point where even if he did rewrite the universe, the people, he still probably wouldn't feel grateful and he would end the universe. He would do, he would kill all life at that point, which then, you know, you get to that weird, eh, he turns into a villain kind of sense. But yeah,
1: I love. it. He did nothing wrong.
0: Yeah, Thanos, Thanos did nothing wrong. Even I loved McDonald's. hearing
1: kids cry, though. That was hilarious. He snaps his fingers. Spider-Man gets turned to ash. No, oh, what about a Spider-Man? Tough luck, kids. Sometimes the heroes don't win. Get over it.
0: And then uh, and then in Universe 56, he buys them all McDonald's afterwards. Let's go. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, coming in. Okay, so let's, uh, 10, 9, 8, 7. Coming in at number 6, we have The Dark Knight. <clears throat> the Dark Knight uh, was awesome. Um, the Dark Knight for me was exactly everything that it needed to be. Uh, it followed up Batman Begins to an even higher scale. It's very rare that a sequel ends up being better than the original first movie. But this is one of them. Joker is played phenomenally. Um, Batman is okay in this movie, but he's not the shining star. Really, Joker is the big shining star of this movie. Beautiful plot. Damn beautiful effects. Beautiful cinematography. Um and you really get to see Bruce Wayne turn into the philanthropist that he is, the playboy, and I love that. I, I love I loved Harvey Dent too, even if he didn't get as much screen time as he deserved as Two Face, and yeah, I, I loved it all around, all around the board. I, I loved I loved Batman uh, or Dark Knight. Sorry,
1: I loved the movie too.
0: It, it's a phenomenal movie, and it's it almost was in my top five, but I couldn't I couldn't quite get it in there. I, I couldn't quite get it in there because there was one other superhero movie that I think, for me, I had way more fun in watching than The Dark Knight. And coming in at mm, number five, Guardians of the Galaxy 2014. I <laughs> love I love Guardians of the Galaxy 2014. You can hate on me all you want, but I love Star-Lord. He, I, yes. I, I love the idea of Star-Lord. I, I find, I find he, has, cause he has such a... Trad- he has this very tragic and sad story and I mean and, and, and especially this volume two really focuses on this too because it focuses heavily on star Lord's father but he has this very sad story and he he turns he he really turns it around and turns himself into you know a likable fun goofball who you know is trying to save the, the galaxy basically the universe
1: and, I, I loved guardians of the galaxy as and well
0: everything about it because it's goofy it, it, it some people can argue is the start of the goofy Marvel. But to me, the goofiness works because the Guardians of the Galaxy A were already goofy and the jokes land because that's the thing. Well, well, She-Hulk was always goofy, too, you know. Yeah, but the problem is a lot of the She-Hulk jokes don't land. The the Guardians of the Galaxy jokes and traits and quirkiness really land. They really they're funny. It's genuinely just a fun movie to watch. And you can still get the sense of sadness and realism through it. And you see character development and characters struggling throughout the movie. Also, the breakdancing scene was fucking phenomenal, too. I love that. Yeah. But, no, that... I, I liked I, I had so much fun watching that movie, because that was also one of the first movies I, started, I watched in theaters, and I, I loved it. I absolutely fucking, I fucking loved it. From head to toe, it, it will stay probably in my top five forever. The memories I have from that movie are phenomenal. I love it.
1: Okay. Great choice.
0: Coming in at number four <clears throat> in the top five, we have John Wick, Chapter One. i love john wick chapter one chapter two chapter three are pretty good i love them too but john wick chapter one set the set set the start of a very awesome movie and an awesome story of john wick and like you said we talked about this a lot already so i won't go too much into how it changed fighting and everything forever but but just everything about it and especially when keanu reeves in a good role and you let him be himself and not try to uh-huh. force him to be somebody different or something different, he really does phenomenal. And John Wick, uh, the, the the dapper suit and the style is so fucking fire, too. And how he, he's got one of the greatest-looking, like, attires of any, like, badass.
1: Clean and slick.
0: Yeah. yeah. And especially Keanu in a suit. Whew! gonna make me act up but yeah we talked already about that but that's yeah my number four movie also
1: another fun fact about that movie is it wasn't supposed to be released nor was it supposed to be serious the the two who worked on it actually made the movie as a joke because they sat there and laughed that no that that the The Lionsgate wasn't going to allow them to release a movie where the entire premise is a dude's dog getting killed and he goes and has a revenge streak because of it. And it was actually meant to be a joke. And then like it got premiered to the, you know, the higher ups and they were all like, oh, we don't know if we like you killing a dog on screen. And they're like, yeah, well, it can't work without it. So like, all right, let's release it. And they released it. And it actually like soared. It was actually just meant to be a project where they gained a little bit of money to get something for like a bigger movie they were planning. And then of course that got scrapped because John wick became a success.
0: Yeah. And then John wick comes in, 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 well, it might have trying to have a goofy tone to it. It's phenomenal. It works so well. You can look at, I mean, it's one of those movies that you can put on different lenses and look at it differently Mm -hmm. and it works and it works in all different lenses, goofiness, style, fighting, everything. Any type of lens you want to put on it, it nails every single time you try to look for that certain thing. It's great. I love that movie. Yes, it is. Okay. <clears throat> this is why I said shit gets a little goofy here. Um, Coming in at top three. Top three. Drum roll. Top three. Woo! Number three. Star Wars, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. You put it in your top five. I put it in my top three. I love this movie. This was one of my biggest movies growing up, too. I fell in love with the Star Wars franchise when uh, the first movie I watched funny enough was episode five. My grandma had a VHS of it and I remember watching it mm-hmm. and I loved it. I love that movie so much and I couldn't put it on here though because I I ended up falling in love with the franchise and I got really into Star Wars and I watched all the movies and I fell in love with episode three. I already talked a lot about episode three as well, but episode three was phenomenal. I... I, I can't, I can't, I I already said everything I want to say about it, and the story from Anakin turning from light to dark, and you already kind of had this sense building up, and I, and you know, somebody's got to become Darth Vader, Anakin's got to become Darth Vader somehow, but they, they even still, there's still tension, and there's still hope, like, I still had a hope throughout the entire movie that Anakin was just gonna stop, he was gonna, he, like, he was just gonna let Mace Windu kill him, and he doesn't i mean of course he doesn't but but you still it's done phenomenally yeah. it's, it's one of hayden's best work and i know I, I know the problem is with darth vader is when people play darth vader they kind of fall off afterwards but he yeah he he did awesome he did he was great he was great he, i loved him he did and he it, it does set up him playing darth vader and um kenobi which he does okay at pretty good i like the fighting he he can fight he that's the best thing is he he really can fight with swords and lightsabers he's got that he's got that uh choreography down really well and the the choreography of that fight between him and obi-wan will never be matched in another star wars movie probably ever i don't think so probably it, not it was great it was fucking phenomenal and yeah that was back when george lucas actually forced them to get good at their choreography instead of just let's just wave some lightsabers around guys and we'll add it in later
1: the Battle of Mustafar is by far the best And cinematic also the duel.
0: fact that, that that Obi-Wan didn't kill him, too, outright. He let him burn in torture, and that was the final straw that turned him into Darth Vader. And mm-hmm. and, and the movie ends, basically, on that note, and then you see Padme dying. It's, yeah, it's so sad. I love that movie. Because bad guys win. They do. They get a good W there. And you see Palpatine's rise, and yeah, it's great. I love it. <clears> okay, <throat> Coming in at the uh, number two spot, we have American Psycho. Now, oh. <laughs> I love this movie. I I adore this movie because I love the novel, and while it's not to the T on the novel, it is the greatest representation of American Psycho that you're ever gonna get because that movie. Even today, even that movie is so toned down compared to the book. And yet that movie today would not be able to be released. That movie would have been canceled oh, yeah. completely. They would have shut that project down, but they let it go. And, um, American psycho is phenomenal. I love Christian Bale cause it's peak Christian Bale. It's peak. It's peak.
1: It is. It's peak, it's peak Christian Bale.
0: It's not even just peak Christian Bale's acting. It's peak like physical form too. He has one of the. He is one of the slickest and most buff in that movie, and that on top of him playing, you know, because he's he's not an American, but um, he plays an American banker from the '80s so well, and and you get the sense of the Reaganomics and the in the in the baby boomers that came around during that time, and and it's awesome. I love I love uh, Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman is is just a phenomenally well written character, and he has a lot of struggles that he. Can't really overcome and let him really get to him, which is because he becomes a psycho. Also, I I love the fact um I don't know what it is, but we'll get into that in a minute. But have you ever noticed that for some reason people from the EU say psychopath so weird weirdly? When I was watching yeah. Pattinson's Batman and then I was also watching Christian Bale's Batman in Dark Knight, he says psychopath. And, and and then he talks about, and Pattinson talks about Psychopath in Batman 2022, but both of them say Psychopath, like, like, path, like they, they really emphasize the path part. I don't know why they say like, path, path. like, I, I don't know if it's their accent really ta- fading there,
1: but. Psychopath.
0: Yeah. Well, well, cause one's what is, Christian Bale is what, Irish? No, no, no. Scottish? What is he? What is he?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: He's not British. I know that. He's, he's either Irish or Scottish or something. I don't remember what he is. What is he? Tell me.
1: He, he is... He's English.
0: Bullshit. There is no way. Pattinson's English. I know that. But, okay. <clears throat> I mean,
1: he he, he was born... Uh, let's see.
0: Uh... I swear he had like a, kind of a, uh, an Irish accent. Mm, I guess not. It makes sense. Okay, it makes sense. It makes sense.
1: Harshly German as well?
0: Mm, okay. He's got that kind of Polish accent, then. Probably. Because that's.
1: Channel Icelander. <laughs> okay.
0: Because <laughs> he's kind of got. Because that's basically the Polish accent is just like English and German accents combined. He was born in Wales. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. No, no. Christian Bale does awesome. And he also has a really good American accent. I love. Patrick Bateman's voice because it's so synonymous. Like you, you can really tell that's exactly what what the writer was going for when he wrote uh, American Psycho in the '90s, Brett Easton Ellis. And um, well, it's toned down, but I love it. I I love it. I don't care. It's it's the best you're ever gonna get. I would love them to make like an HBO original show on on Patrick Bateman, so they could go way more in depth and go fucking A rating, adult only, and cooking people in the sausages and shit. But no, you're never gonna get it, sadly. And coming into my number one movie of all time, drum roll, please. It is... It's Morbid Time. So, it is oh Morbius! God. Morbius! No. <laughs> Woo! It's Morbid Time. No, my number one movie is another bat, however, Batman 2022. Batman 2022 was my number one movie on this list uh, because... To me, I'm coming off of a point in my life where I really, really, really didn't have any good movies. that I, I I had a lot of good movies I liked this year, but none of them to the point where I was at the point where I wanted to watch it over and over and over again. And I really, really, just every single viewing, I find something different. Batman 2022 is phenomenal. Pattinson does okay. He has a lot to get and learn from. but But that's the whole point of him being Batman. This movie is a very good catalyst into something bigger. This, this movie starts off amazing, ends amazing. Every single scene, every single frame has something in it. It, it has meaning. It has purpose. You cannot basically cut any part of this movie out and, and really have it and in, in really, like, gain or lose anything. It, it's just perfect. Exactly how it is. It's the perfect length. Um, the Riddler is awesome. Paul Dano does it amazingly. I love the riddles. I, I love the the one thing I like about this Riddler isn't even the the whole like he's you know uh, a, a weird like internet conspiracist or whatever. I love the Saw side of him, the Saw traps with the with the neck explosion device and the and the bat in the are in the rat head cage and and all these fucking crazy like contraptions and things. It gives me such big Saw vibes and I love it so much. And in the Riddler like through the mask the the scene where he's playing the riddles with uh the uh DA and i i love it uh, the riddles were phenomenal and the uh like just every single part that he's speaking and and everything he ha- he says is such like a double meaning too i i love the there's a part it's like during the second one where where the timer is cl- clicking and going down quicker and they're under a minute and the DA freaks out and he goes don't lose your head mr colson and it's like oh my god like, just... <laughs> yeah, I
1: remember that.
0: And I, I fucking. Oh, dude, I, I love it. And in the fact that the Carmine Falcone Penguin, both of them are phenomenal. They they both are yeah. great. Uh, Colin Farrell. You, you can't even tell it's him. And you can't. And, and I want him so badly. I, I'm so glad he's going to return for the second movie. He already said he's confirmed he's coming back for shooting for the second movie.
1: I wouldn't and, give it up. It'd be a dumbass, too.
0: And I fucking. I, I, I don't care if he's a main role or, or a minor role. I just want him in that movie. The car chase scene with him is fucking awesome. Because he, I don't even know. Okay, because even not even counting, like, the, the makeup, his voice. I don't even know how he does that Bronx accent because he doesn't sound like that whatsoever. Like, he must have done extreme vocal training to get that, that perfect Bronx accent. Like, you really feel like he's the penguin. Like, he, you really feel like he's this, like, New Yorker who's lived in New York his entire life. But, but, but he's not, he's like, oh, it's so crazy. And then, oh man, I love it. He's like one of the biggest stars about that. Carmine Falcone is awesome too, because he's got this like really cool as a cucumber. You can tell that he's a fucking like awesome motherfucker when he's playing pool. Okay, get this. It's the middle of the night. He's playing pool with shades on. Tell me that isn't more badass in my entire life. Like that is, that is, that is fucking awesome. Like dark lighting too. Oh Dude. And, and Falcone, it, the the discovering the rat and all that, and 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 also the fear because you can tell there's real fear of this Falcone. because from the from the voicemail that that they they find um, with Annika, the friend of the Catwoman, uh, and, and just hearing her scream and hearing him like kill people, and then hearing like uh, hearing how scared the DA got of this guy to the point where he would rather have his head explode and die than give up carmine falcone and that that was crazy now you could clue that that he was the rat from the beginning and it's pretty easy to figure that out but but you got to remember the the grounded reality they're in and and that still is a very hard plot twist to point out and i love the fact that they're setting it up as he's gonna get arrested and they're gonna have this big trial and then the riddler fucking kills him because that's the whole bring him into the light. Because the like I like I said, the Riddler, everything he does has a double meaning or or has some more purpose. When he said bring him into the light, he just didn't mean, you know, bring him into the light and reveal him. He literally meant bring him into the light and I'll fucking shoot his ass and we'll kill him. We'll get rid of him. And 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 then also the uh the the scene with the Riddler going back to the Riddler where he's in prison. I, I love that scene. The 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 conversation between Batman and the riddler because at that point the riddler still thinks that batman and him are working together he has this twisted mindset that he is working with batman and then once batman is like no we are not working together you're a sick psychopath he freaks out he freaks out and then you know you get the whole like wall explosion scene and then you get all the followers coming in and batman has to deal with them too and and you get the scene of the final scene, this is so, so one thing we learned in my college literature class is when characters f- submerge themselves in water and come out, they usually consider it as like a baptizing. They're, they're becoming a new person and Batman gets, gets thrown. He, he sacrifices himself, you know, at the, at the end um, and, and jumps into the water. You know, he cuts the wire and, and, and falls into the water and he completely submerges. And when he comes out, he comes out this like new Like reformed, different person. Like he's completely baptized, changed around, and then it ends with him, you know, um, helping people evacuate from the city, and and him realizing that he can't he can't do everything as Batman. He's gonna have to start focusing more on philanthropy, like his family was, and he's gonna have to start being Bruce Wayne. And it sets up. I heard
1: you were brutal and 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 everything. What happened to this whole "I am vengeance" line?
0: I got baptized. (laughs) I. I felt God. Have you heard the word of Jesus Christ? I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> but no. I'm gonna turn your well, face not, it's over not like harder real, not, Jesus. No, you, tables. You, you get what I'm saying though. It's not like a, a real baptism. Like he's finding God. It's just like whenever a character submerges and comes I out. It, they I get they, it. They come out like a whole different person. It is funny though.
1: I'm just being an ass. Sorry. I
0: know. But, but no, I, it sets up the world building and everything. Even the sound design. Everything is just perfect for me it's one of those movies where i can go back and i i can watch it it's it's three hours long but i don't ever find myself looking at the time to see how long i have left i end up always getting to the end of the movie i'm like fuck it's over what the hell and
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: i'm i'm really excited what they're gonna do with it because there's there's a lot of opportunities they can do and a lot of things they can do that will work and, and will change it uh if
1: the second movie can hit it out of the park then it might turn my mind around about the first one
0: yeah and also, Pattinson has confirmed he's getting more swole for this next one, too.
1: He, he... About damn time, this dumbass twink vampire.
0: Thanks, <laughs> dude. Dude, Twilight movies go hard.
1: <laughs> oh, I forgot to put them on my list.
0: No, dude, me too. Uh, my honorable mentions are um, 1917. Fuck, what were the other can't remember oh that. 1917 1917's on there for sure death on the nile and um fuck there was another movie on here as well uh, oh yeah
1: another one saving private ryan
0: Ooh, that's a good one yeah uh i wouldn't put that uh yeah i guess i'd put that on honorable mentions uh and then i would do i don't know i think that's probably it i think i a think movie
1: yeah. nobody's heard of called malignant Okay. It's a horror movie. I wouldn't say that it necessarily is the best. However, the only reason why that movie sticks with me, uh, because it's not good enough to be on a list. But the only reason why it continues to be a movie I recommend to people is because the plot twist of that horror movie you will never see coming. You will never guess. You will never get right. And it will blow your mind away.
0: I I I was almost gonna. Oh, honorable mention. The last one was Scream, nineteen ninety seven. There we go. Uh, oh
1: yeah, that's a good one. That deserves uh, it.
0: Because Scream was kind of this reforming of. Wes Craven was like, "Oh, dude, horror movies are coming so dog shit. You know, everything is becoming so ass and lame." He goes, "I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of scary movies." What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then it, Scream turns around <laughs> and becomes really fucking dumb, but scream turned into one of those goofy movies i almost put friday the 13th part three on my list i didn't even put in the honorable mentions i love that because it's it, it finally it's it's the peak jason Voorhees, and i love the outfit and the uh, because that's when he finally gets the hockey mask because for the, fun fact jason Voorhees isn't even in the first movie and then when he does come in the second movie he doesn't even have the hockey mask <laughs> he, he has his bag over his head and he has a pickaxe is really his main weapon then he finally gets the axe in the in the in the mask in the third movie and then uh fourth movie he semi dies he gets hit in the face and but yeah those movies follow the same problem square all horror movies i feel like always follow a very similar problem
1: first you you don't like jason x in space
0: (laughs) fuck that dude fuck jason x dude that has got to be one of the fucking dumbest things and ideas i've ever seen i hate i hate jason x I hate Jason Goes to Hell, too. I hate that fucking movie. It sets up Freddy versus Jason awesome. And I love that Freddy whoops Freddy or, or Jason whoops Freddy's ass. But also, that movie, dude, I hate that movie, but I love the fucking fighting in that movie. That fighting, because you have this goofy, because Freddy Krueger is this goofy, horrible, like vile guy. And you have Voorhees, who's just this brute. He can just handle it. And in the dream world, he gets fucked up. But then Jason w- brings him into the real world, and Freddy gets. He's like, "Oh shit, dude, I'm fucked. I'm fucked." Freddy, because Freddy is mm-hmm. Freddy when he's not in the dream world, is is garbage. He he's just he's just a guy with he's just literally when he's in the real world, he's just a guy with claws. That's it. <clears throat> yeah, that's why I you love can't
1: manipulate reality.
0: Yeah, and and that's why I love um <clears throat> I love, uh, Dead by Daylight the game because they 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 follow all the like villain traits or i guess killer traits really well uh he, michael myers has this he's silent he's completely silent he's really slow and silent and then he over time as as he catches up to like he has this thing called uh thrill the hunt or something like that where if you keep chasing them he gets faster and quicker and stronger and uh that's what that's one of uh his things uh ghost ghost uh from scream He's super silent, can crouch, can, can hide around things. And then he, he becomes really quick for really sh- short periods of time. But Freddy, they do like perfectly because Freddy, you would think would be really hard to do, but basically Freddy's completely invisible. He's always in the dream world. Freddy is completely invisible, but he, he's, he's less, he's, he's not as strong as the other killers. He's completely invisible, but he, he if people aren't in the dream world, he can't fuck with them. Like he can't really find where they are. He's kind of just got to walk around and get people. So he's invisible, he hits people, and then he brings them in the dream world, and you have to try and snap out of the dream world at certain places. I love that. And then they do all the other killers really well. They do uh, Leatherface. Dude, Leatherface. Oh my god, Texas Chainsaw. I love those movies good. But, okay, we just went on off on a tangent. But yeah, so there's our top 20 movies, both of ours. Our lists were... Yes. We had, we had a few similarities, but we had a lot of differences, and we had a lot of different things, I think. That... Yeah. That kind of just shows our personality. You have a lot more, uh, like, action-style movies. I'm an
1: all-around type of person. Like, I just... All different types of genres.
0: And I'm more of a um, cinematography and superhero guy, I would say. More than anything. I either really love a really good story, or it has to be, like, very well, like, shot, basically. And so... Yeah. And I, and I love strong heroes. I love that too. I love, I love, I love superheroes. So yeah. So there's our list. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I feel like this is probably the best episode we've ever done. We had really good discussion. I feel it. I I feel it too. I feel like this is probably one of the best episodes we've ever done just because it it really, it, 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 it sparked up really good conversation and interest between each other. And I think that that worked out really well. So, uh, this is also a longer episode too. So, but yeah, so uh Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast that isn't um the video is going to get it first for twenty four hours. So uh yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed and I guess we'll see you next week then.
1: See ya peeps.
0: See ya. Bye.